Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with. Super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this, it's so good for my digestion, my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life, and ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it. I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens, but I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste, and the taste is actually really refreshing, and I really look forward to it each morning. Don't, don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good, um, and it's good for you, so remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible, just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer, and he had, he had those every single day. He said it's, it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash OLLC to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meat, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. And get one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash OLOC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. They have now blessed me with my own code. So if you go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Well, welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Today, I have a very special guest, the legend, Joanna Angel. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. Hello. Good to be here. Do people call you by your last name or just call you Joanna Angel? 
Yeah, people call me Joanna Angel. No. So it's like one one name. So we, <laughs> I probably met you throughout my life somewhere down the line playing yeah. shows, but most recently we're at the Liquid Death uh, headquarters. Yes, and you were filming people, and you were walking around the room, and then you went up to people and said, "Hey, what is your tag?" And I don't think you were even looking at my face. You were like looking at your phone, like writing the person's name. And Chris is like, "I'm Chris Cole," and I go, "I'm Toby Morris." Then you look up, you're like. H2O is like, yeah. She's like, oh my God, I've seen your band a bunch of times. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Because you don't know who's listening or who's even following your band. It was so cool. <laughs> it was all, and now we're here. I saw your band play when I was in high school. Damn. Several times. Yeah. Several times, yeah. In Jersey. But in Jersey and in New York, in New York City. I think I saw, yeah, definitely in Jersey. And I think I saw you guys at Coney Island High. At some point, Coney Island High was a great, great venue. It was such a good venue, right? I feel like so I, many good I'm shows glad there. I caught the tail end of it. Um, now it's a Chipotle. Yeah, yeah, that whole street. It's like the end, you know, it's We're going to get to that because I know you moved like back to New York. It's I did, like, just moved back to New York. And, and it's different, it's different. But you know what, New York, I think forever and ever will always just have a certain energy that's never going to go away. That's true. Um, you know, and um, I think every five to ten years in New York, there's always people there saying it's not like the old days. Yeah. And of course, like places, you know, city Things like change. New York's always going to be changing. But um, I'm really glad I got to experience that like yeah. era of punk rock because it really shaped me. Yeah. Um, shaped sure. me. I wouldn't be, you know, who I am today, whatever it is. Uh, that and I when did you start going um, to shows and what was your exposure to? Oh, like, my God. <laughs> like how I mean, I started going to shows really when I, probably when I was like f- f- 14, 14. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, who got and you into it? Who got me into it? Um, okay, so, uh, you know, back in that day, it was hard to find out about punk rock. You yeah. had to really, you had to really try. And that was you kind had, of you fun had to about really, it. Yeah, that, and that is that, I'm very happy too that I really got to like experience that special era where it was like this cool, weird secret club. You could not look up, you know, anything on the internet. You yeah. Could, um, so I remember, you know, when I was like in, I don't know, middle school, I guess. I mean, that was when I, <clears throat> or even before that, you know, I listened to like a lot of goth stuff, you know, mm-hmm. or like, like whatever I could find that was kind of weird, yeah. you know, like, like um, Nine Inch Nails and, you yeah. know, whatever. Um, and I, you know, whatever, like kind of the grunge stuff. Like I, I remember I actually stumbled on like the sub pop catalog somewhere along the way, you oh, know, yeah. and I listened to like Sonic Youth and, you know, just anything that was kind of weird. I was like yeah. always looking for, you, you like know, the normal radio stuff. Right. Yeah. Wherever I could find it. I mean, um, you know, I actually started like learning about stuff on watching 120 minutes, you know, Matt Pinfield. <laughs> Matt Pinfield. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, on MTV late at night, you know, yeah. I remember I, I learned about a lot of it. I remember finding out about the sieve, you know, and then once I found out about sieve, I, I, you know, kind of d- dug deep and found out about the Gorilla Biscuits wow, and, yeah. and stuff like that, you know, and this was all, I didn't have like a cool older brother and so I was the oldest in my family you know I was so gonna ask you I had siblings, to kind yeah. of like I had to like find this shit like on my own you know and even being fortunate enough I you know grow grew up in northern New Jersey I lived close to to the to the city you know yeah. my dad would actually take me into like the city sometimes when he would go to work and I would just walk around the village like wow. by myself which is crazy I don't think like the world was a much safer or I don't know what it was, it was. totally different yeah you're right yeah, yeah my dad would be like go walk around and I'll meet you in a few hours you know and he would wow. give me like a subway map I was like age 12 you know and I'm wow I don't know I he trusted my dad, you. yeah he trusted me and he uh, he trusted the city too yeah. and, and quite frankly I felt I actually felt safe yeah. um I, I don't know it wasn't sketchy 
Um, anyway, so I, I would like go into like record stores and just kind of look at things and and whatever. Um, I actually remember a, a, a life changing moment for me was seeing on the news when um, all that uh, Lollapalooza stuff, you know, uh, was it? Woodstock, just kidding. The Green Day one where all the mud was flying 99. in the air. Yeah, I remember seeing like on the news um, wow. stuff about that. And I was just like, I was like, who is this cool band that like inspired <laughs> people to throw mud at each other, you know? So, yeah, yeah. so actually, and then I remember going out to buy a Green Day, you know, CD. And then I looked into Green Day's older stuff and I was kind of like, okay, like there is this thing called punk that's out there. It's not like goth. It's not like this. Yeah. It's not like this grungy stuff I've been listening to. And I, and then I actually remember, uh, and, and right around that time too, I remember seeing like Rancid on 120 Minutes, you yes. know, and, the, and like seeing, um, you know, the, the Time Bomb music video where like that music video really like very much kind of told you what punk rock was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. For a person that didn't know. Yeah. And of course, back then, I couldn't really like admit to anyone, this is how I discovered punk. But I was like, I, I cannot okay. tell my other punk friends that I figured <laughs> out punk from Ranson on MTV, you know? Um, That's amazing. And then I just remember kind of, I, I don't know. And then what really like, I was like, okay. And then, you know, I knew where to buy like, rancid cd because you could buy stuff like that but totally. i was like where is this like punk scene where how do i get into it and then i remember yeah. going to the mall and that's where all the mall punks hang out in yeah. new jersey you know and i just remember kind of like kind of like sitting there like around all the like punks at the mall like sitting Skaters outside stuff, yeah. like bu i i bummed a cigarette off someone you know i was like oh <laughs> can i have a cigarette you know and i just kind of sat there until a girl like came up to me and she was like hey what's your name and wow. she was the one i remember her name was jade i remember, I remember. hi jade. Jade. jade if you're out there <laughs> um is this before hot topic too probably right this was before hot topic Ooh, yeah, this was before changer. hot topic i remember when hot topic became a store and it was shameful if you bought something there you could you could buy stuff at trash and vaudeville you couldn't buy stuff at hot topic it was okay to buy you know because you're a poser if you <laughs> you're a poser yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um <laughs> and that was and then she asked me to go to a punk show okay and then she brought me to this punk show in new jersey um, it's kind of funny. I actually recently told this story on another podcast. Um, Do you remember what the first show, the band was? It? That was. It, the band was called, which is so funny because I brought this up on another podcast that I, I know is going to come out um, sometime in the near future. Um, the band was called, um, and this was the first punk show, not like yeah. a concert. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was, the band was called Example 24. They were from Northern New Jersey. And I remember the kid <laughs> in the band, he would put the shows on in his backyard. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I remember she was like, do you want to go to a punk show with me? And then we got this other kid. Kind of funny. The kid who wound us take, taking us there. Do you, you know Heath Miller? He wound up yeah. putting on shows for, you know, he still puts on, yeah, I think he puts I on Heath. like concerts. This, you know, he wound up becoming a pretty He's successful level, promoter. Yeah. yeah. Um, These were live his nation dad like came and wow. picked he was he was friends with that girl jade and his dad came and picked me up and i was like okay <laughs> kids you're gonna come to the punk rock show and, uh, and then we went to this backyard show and i had never seen anything like that i was like this yeah. is so cool and i actually remember that night the casualties played that backyard too wow i remember it, first this one band that you know everybody was talking about i had to pretend i knew what they were because jade's like you're yeah, really excited to see craig and example 24 and i was like yeah yeah me too having no idea who it was <laughs> at the time and i remember seeing them play you know and it was cool and then it was like something changed i was like where are all these people coming from like leather yeah. jackets spiky hair like 
you know, all yeah. the patches and this and that. Like it, it looked like it was a really like I still very vividly remember every detail from that moment. I was like, what's happening? And someone's like, oh, the casualties are going to play. And I was like, who are they? You know, yeah. and then that was really, you know, I think that was the moment where I was able to kind of weasel my way into like the actual punk scene. Yeah. How, you old, know? how old were you then? <sighs> Must have been 14 or 15, wow. maybe, I think. It's cool. Yeah, I was in. I was in 10th grade. Yeah, backyard shows. Yeah. That's backyard super show in New, New Jersey, in northern New Jersey. And um, yeah, and from there, I just kind of, you know, I mean, I remember I used to like walk around like, you know, the whatever, the East Village and just kind of look at people's um, the back of people's jackets and the then patches, go. Yeah. yeah. And then go to Generation Records Ooh, Generation and be Records. like, it's still there. It's still there. Man. It's still there. So cool. Um, and Trash and Bob just moved, I heard, or something. Well, it did. It moved, but now it's closed because Jimmy, mm-hmm. Jimmy died. I, I didn't yeah. know, I well, didn't know it didn't move. Okay, so Trash and Vaudeville, I did move, was but ama- then Jimmy wasn't there anymore. Jimmy started his own st- his own store called I Need More. So nobody okay. really cared about Trash and Vaudeville anymore without okay. Jimmy. No offense, Trash and Vaudeville. Nobody okay. cared about you after Jimmy. And then so Jimmy <laughs> started his own store. And um, they closed the store, you know, after okay. he, after he passed. Cause he was, was a sweet guy, really sweet, really incredible always guy. Nice to be in yeah. My family. Oh yeah, and always in high school. I remember, you know, <laughs> he really. He would like uh, <laughs> under the ground, like under the table, sell us bondage pants, like like meet me after because wow. you know they were expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, getting uh, like a hundred fifty bucks when you're in high school no, for me. You know, like and so wow. he would like meet us like after hours and like sell us the pants for like half the price. That is amazing. Because <laughs> I think man. he like understood you guys. You guys need bondage pants. Yeah. Like you can't. We you couldn't be punk without yeah. those pants. You know, <laughs> and you couldn't buy them. Well, Hot Topic wasn't around yet, but I remember. But he'd probably been there before as a punk rock kid too. Yeah, he was so cool. Yeah, man. and I bought my my Doc Martens from him and everything like that. And um, you know, and that's how it began. That's I actually amazing. remember a few years later when I had my like a boyfriend. He was really into hardcore. Okay. That was like, I was into punk. I didn't know what hardcore was. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. I had a boyfriend who was from like, I don't know, somewhere in Central Jersey. I met him, uh, you know, I don't even know where I met him, somewhere. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, um, and he listened to hardcore. So he was really into, the he New was York really stuff? into H2O. Oh, I remember cool. that. And he, he would, I actually remember I really liked it because he was into like, vis, you know, VOD and Sick of It All and all that. And as a young girl, like I liked the music and all, but I would go to the shows and, and be like stuck in the corner. I'd be like, yeah. what am I supposed to do here? You know, like, yeah. like I wasn't, I didn't know what to do. It was like a little bit frightening. Intimidating. You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. Um, like the punk shows were kind of like, silly and wacky yeah. you know and just felt it wasn't like a serious da- different kind of dancing yeah too. different kind of dancing yeah but this was like kind of weird you know and i'm like everyone's like a dude wearing cargo pants and uh, you know <laughs> and i'm just in my bondage pants and my docks in the corner everybody's like, got camouflage you know, on yeah yeah, yeah 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 and then but i remember like seeing h2o and i was really happy because you guys would always like lighten the mood (laughs) and i could sing along to all your songs that's awesome um thank you and it was really really wonderful and you know um i know over the years we kind of crossed paths you know but it's kind of funny i'm like i'm like a generation but like you were like a cool older person you know (laughs) thank you and it's kind of funny because i to think of me as a younger person i was like hilarious you know because i'm i'm old but (laughs) 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 but um but yeah yeah i mean you guys were we're legendary, you know, Thank and you. Uh, and um, um, I think you guys and Rancid were just sort of like these nice constants. 
mm. in this like revolving world yeah. of punk you guys were always just this like thank you, you know, nice constant you, you know that i'm yeah. the guy in the time bomb video what you know oh you know what i guess i never that's put that me together. running through the whole video with my skateboard and the tank top oh my god jumping through the window i know i had no idea and now I know. It's cool, right? And now I know. It, everything's it, it wasn't coming supposed together. to happen. Yeah. I went there and there was a guy. <laughs> there was a guy that was supposed to wear the black hat, white shoes, black shoes. Right, right, right. Cadillac. But but yeah, but, <laughs> but I came as their friend and like Toby. Yeah. We want Toby instead. And I had my skateboard and they put me in instead. It was really cool. Day. It was a really wonderful day. Oh. And then was that, that song shot was shot like, in. Was no, it was in uh, New York by ABC No Rio oh, downtown. I remember ABC No Rio. A lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Those were fun times. Yeah. ABC, CBGBs. Um, yeah. Yep. So you were born in Brooklyn? No, I wasn't born in Brooklyn. Um, I am not cool. Okay. I was. I thought you were for some reason. No, well, I. People always think that. But yeah, no, I, I lived in Brooklyn. Uh, no, I'm, I'm from New Jersey. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So New born Jersey. in Jersey. Yeah. Well, technically, I always tell people I was. So I'm going to tell the truth right now. <laughs> I was actually born in Lowell, Massachusetts. I was born in Taunton, Massachusetts. No. Yeah. Wait but a second. You're from Massachusetts. I'm from Massachusetts. That's nowhere online okay. about you. And the you. reason, I know it's nowhere online. I never tell anyone because I moved when I was like nine to New Jersey. So I spent most of my childhood. And so then when I tell people I'm from Boston, people from Boston are very proud of being from Boston. And they tell, and then they start to talk to you about Boston. Okay, and I'm okay. like, I don't know. I was eight. I don't know. I, I didn't was, go yeah. anywhere. I don't have any <laughs> memories from I there. was younger too. I was, <laughs> I was born in Massachusetts. I moved like maybe five or six to Rhode Island. Okay. So yeah, I, be, I was in Billy in Massachusetts too. Right. But so what, I don't yeah. have any like connection to Boston. So like if you tell Boston or Massachusetts people you're from there, they get kind of bummed that like you actually really know nothing about it other mm. than like I remember going to like, I don't know, the candy store. You were nine. Yeah, I, I moved when I was nine or 10. Wow. Yeah. So then we moved to New Jersey. So okay. New Jersey is really where I like grew up and I lived there. For a long time, you know, I grew up in, uh, so I went to, you know, high school, middle school, yeah. elementary school, all there. How and then I actually went to Rutgers. So I lived in New Brunswick. So I, I got know. to experience the whole punk rock scene in New Brunswick. So it's almost like I had like, like, you know, the, the northern New Jersey scene yeah. was like the drunk punk, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Rutgers had good shows. So we played them before. Rutgers uh, had yeah. great shows. Yeah, they had great shows. And I was very lucky to experience that magic too. Because yeah. that was a very magical era. Yeah. In New Brunswick. Totally. Um, so before punk rock, before that, like, <laughs> how were you as a kid? Like, how were you in school? Were you a popular was I kid? In were you like a good, good student? Like, what was your deal? Um, uh, let's see. Okay. I mean, I think I was always like, like an okay student. Yeah. You know, I think I was always okay. Um, just got by with the grades. Yeah, and I would, I had, you know, I was one of those assholes that would like not do anything and then cram the night before a test and do pretty well on it, you know, and mm. really not that much has changed. I do everything last minute till still, you know, so I guess I learned <laughs> uh, from a young age. Um, you know, I was always, I think I was always kind of a weirdo, you know, okay. I was always like very like attracted to whatever was weird, you okay. know, like, like wanting to paint my nails black or wanting to put glitter all over my face or like, you know, like I think punk helped me figure out like what I was yeah. looking for you know what and i mean could be i always was too. yeah yeah it was always kind of just like different and and like weird so did you, you hang know? by yourself a lot in school did you have a lot of friends in school you know i think deep down inside i like wanted to be that girl that was always alone i was always like yeah. intrigued by that girl that just sat by herself and whatever <laughs> yeah, but like trees. yeah <laughs> that's like that that's everybody <laughs> wants that girl like yeah. you know the, that's like that girl is so cool yeah. but i think i always was actually more of a girl that like i had friends 
that I couldn't relate to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always had groups of friends that I just like felt like like mm. never could really relate when I know, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think I was always kind of searching for like, where do I belong? Yeah. You know, because I guess I am uh, like a social person. Yeah. I'm not an antisocial person, you know? So I like, you know, community and, yeah. and stuff, but I was always kind of searching for where that would, where that would be. Yeah. Were you your know? parents strict about school and stuff for you or no? Um, so like, yes and no. Um, I am, um, I was the oldest yeah. child. I also grew up in a family where my mother, um, she's from Israel. Um, yeah, so yeah. she's a first, you know, I was a first generation American. It's actually very common for first generation Americans to be like, um, like you uh, maybe kind of uh, bossy even or okay. because you, when your mother doesn't know the language and you do, it yeah. almost like it, like innately you why are you gonna listen to what she says you know what i mean like you're you know what i mean like you kind of don't see them as like an authority figure yeah it's just like you know it didn't really do it on (laughs) purpose but you know what i mean when your mom is like doesn't speak the language and you have to help her speak the language like how can she you know what i mean and she was still learning about the country and my dad was like working a lot so um of course my parents were they definitely like wanted me to do well, you know, and I yeah. think like I think it was always part of me to want to do well anyway. But like yeah. I was never really like intimidated or like scared of my parents the way other people were. It's almost like my husband even now to, to this day, he always says like, Joanna, you like you're like the boss of your family. They all just like look at you. <laughs> I'm like, it's kind of been that way since I was a kid. And I don't really know why. <laughs> like, like, you know, my mom was never still to this day. She has a very thick accent. She, I mean, she speaks English, but it's not, yeah. it's not, it's still not fluent for her. She okay. never really, never really learned that well. Yeah. And my dad is actually like a very, like um, a very antisocial um, hermit kind of, you know? Okay. And so I think between him being like antisocial and like my mom, like not really like, you know, understanding America. Um, yeah. I was always just like, all right, guys, <laughs> here's we're what this. we're doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You took charge. I don't know. So. Wow. And how, how many brothers and sisters? Do I have two sisters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Were they into sisters. music too? Like you were into the same type of music? Um. So yeah, not, not exactly. You know, like my middle sister, she was more into like, like tool and you know smashing pumpkins and stuff like that and my youngest sister who's actually my youngest sister like she's to this day when she's six years younger than me you know yeah. I, like i remember when you know, when she was born I, I mean she's always she was always like my she's well now you know she's definitely like my best friend but awesome. um i i like would like uh teach her about things like she wasn't yeah. like super in the she wasn't really in the punk rock scene but i remember when she was because I was at that age where I could be cool older sister to her. So totally. I took her to the Warp Tour. Ooh, yeah, I yeah. remember. Uh, and then I took her like backstage and stuff and introduced her to everyone. And I, awesome. I snuck her into like bars, and you know, like to go see shows. And That's cool. I took her to see Blink-182 when she was like in like middle school. And That's I was awesome. like in college. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. like, you know, she she like listened to stuff, but she wasn't like in the punk scene. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like now, you know, she's like I always call her. She's like the ultimate. She's like a hipster. You know, she's oh, like she super is super hipster. She's like the <laughs> ultimate live in Brooklyn hipster. Oh, Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brooklyn's yeah. yeah, Williamsburg too, right? Well, you know, you haven't been to Brooklyn. You, no, you know, you're totally out of Williamsburg is not cool anymore. Anymore, no, anymore is not cool. Wow. It's like Williamsburg is almost like feels I'll, like. 
it feels like like Tribeca or something. It's all like financial, like what about you know, Greenpoint. Um, yeah, Greenpoint is still pretty cool. You okay. know, it's more like Bushwick, Bed Stuy. A lot of people live in Bed Stuy. It's but, crazy thing. About I mean, that. look, Williamsburg is beautiful. You know, there's a lot, a lot of like nice restaurants and stuff like that there. But you know, it's like um, it does. It, there, it's like doesn't have that. It is not a. Um, it, it's like a, an upscale vibe. Okay. You know. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It is not a punk a punk place. Yeah. It's not a punk rock <laughs> place. No. Um, it's like it's like uh, where. Punk rockers who, who made some money go to dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, it's so crazy. Dumbo, too, is like that, too. Yeah, yeah. Dumbo, I think, is, like, almost not a real place. You know, like, it's beautiful there. Yeah. But, like, I feel like barely anyone, like, li- it's mostly, like, offices and, you know. It's yeah, not yeah, really, yeah. like, where people, like, live, mm-hmm. you know. But it's gorgeous there, you know. I think anywhere that's on the water becomes... No, Pretty, totally. You know, but Williamsburg is so built up. I mean, there's I there's know. an Apple store like Which on Bedford Avenue. Man. There's like, yeah. I mean, wow. I think I caught. So after college, I did move to yeah, Brooklyn. So, so I lived there for a little while. And I lived in Williamsburg at that point. Oh, you did after yeah. college? Okay. Yeah. And that was different back then probably. Right? It was different. But, you know, look, I was there. I think I was there in the beginning of the like gentrification. Yeah. So, you know, um. There were a lot of like cute coffee shops, restaurants, yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? But it wasn't like, you know, yeah. it wasn't like, it didn't like transfer. It wasn't like, you know, uh, there was still like, yeah, <laughs> it was, aff- you know, affordable and oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So you, so different. you, you yeah. got a bachelor's degree in uh, English literature? I did. Yeah. I got a bachelor's awesome. degree in English literature. Yeah. I did. That's what I did. I, <laughs> once so upon did you, a time. <laughs> so what did you? So did you have a job doing that after you graduated from college? No, I. I no, nah, nah. I don't know if if you knew this, Toby, but I like I've been doing porn. No, I know that. I was trying. No, I'm, 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 I'm getting to I'm that joking. point. I'm joking. Okay, I'm so to when that yeah. when that starts. And look, you. I, I tell people all the time my English <laughs> I love degree. You, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody told you. I uh, know. Somewhere between the first time I saw H two O and. <laughs> And Rutgers, you don't know. Okay, uh, how, you know, anyway. how, how, how young you when that started for you then? Like when did that uh, start for I you? guess it was like, what, I was in my last year of college, like 22? Oh. Yeah, 22. So I wasn't super young. Um, so, yeah. Uh, were you, were look, you, people were you, always say, uh, uh, like, oh, you never used your college degree. But I think an English degree is something you use in everything. Totally. I mean, you know, your writing and yeah. reading is something you use all the time. Yeah. You know, and also, like, writing. I had, like, a creative writing concentration. Writing was always, like, my passion. Okay. Um, and I did wind up, you know, writing two books. So I, I know. did use I my degree. But also, here, like, yeah. I mean, people don't, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize all the work and time and energy that went into it. But... I mean, I, I wrote tons and tons and tons of porno scripts. I know. That I mean, I, really, you got I used. You get awards. I know yeah, you know. I used my, definitely used my English degree for. And people don't realize how much, we're like, oh, what, you know, like the stuff I fast forward through. I'm like, yes, I spend lots and lots of time. <laughs> lots of time, lots of sleepless nights and yeah. lots of money on the parts that people fast forward through. And you know what? Maybe you shouldn't fast forward through it. <laughs> Because it takes time. So um, anyway, so, so yeah. gr- growing up before growing all that, up, yeah. we, did you were you a relationship person? Were you a quiet girl? Were you a shy girl? Were you like okay? So that yeah, that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like the punk rock scene, as expressive and loud and wonderful as it was, it was a very hard place to express yourself or learn about yourself. Like sexually, okay, you know what I mean. It really yeah. was sort of like, as a growing woman, it's you know what I mean. It was a weird 
Mm-hmm. It was, you know, very, very a lot of dudes. You know what the I mean? Macho. A lot of like masculine energy. Yeah. You know, and like this, like, you know, I do think uh, women kind of got sort of pigeonholed. Like you were either one of the boys or you were like a slut. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and if you liked punk rock, it's almost like they looked at you as one or the other. You yeah. know what I mean? That's kind of how I always felt with like that sucks with the boys. You know, but yeah. it's, you know, it was a young boys. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, and it's always like anyway. Um, but yeah, how, how do you get into that? Like, from that, college you know, um, how did I, like, I was not super open at all. Yeah. In fact, I was pretty shy in that department. And actually I was very like, I felt like I, I was always like, I always had like a broken heart, you know, I fall in love with these, you hope with romantic? these band guys and they would hurt me <laughs> and always leave me for a girl that wasn't punk. <laughs> they'd be like a and civilian. they'd say the worst thing I just want to be friends oh, <laughs> and man. I was like why do they just all want to be my friend I want but they want to they think the other girls with you know that have no tattoos that don't wow. like punk rock that look like cheerleaders <laughs> they want to date them they just want to be my friend you know so I, I think I was always searching for this Hopeless romantic. Straight. I was a yeah. hopeless romantic, and I think I was always, admittedly, searching for this like validation. I think mm. you know, because ever since a young age, I told you know, telling you about these life changing moments I had. Like yeah. I, I, I loved. I, <laughs> it sounds like I loved the guys in the band. Like I, I, I loved everything about yeah. these people. They inspired me, yeah. you know. And I, you know, and when I would get crushes on them, they were real because I loved everything about them. You yeah. know, like it wasn't just like in a groupy sense. It was like yeah. it was like I identify with you and your morals and your values, and I like yeah. everything you stand for, and I want to like make out with you. Yeah. <laughs> and that just I don't know. Um, so it would it would be like pretty like kind of heartbreaking, wow. you know. And then when that stuff started happening, you know, like. Then when you start having breakups and then he'll be like, no, I can't go to this show because I'm going to see this guy and he's going to be here. And I just want to see his band because I love his Damn. band. And he knows. But I think everybody goes through. You know, yeah, tough. yeah, yeah. I know. I think I was always searching for some kind of, you know, like, guys, like, look at me. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like, like, Express you know, like, I'm always looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> Can you guys look at me? So maybe that's sort of where the, the, the the energy came from, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. probably never said that out loud. Um, and I don't know how people will take that, but whatever. Um, that's how you're feeling at the time. Yeah. The that's moment. how I was feeling. Yeah. That is how I was feeling. Um, and I don't know. I mean, a lot about me was changing and I did like, I was in a writing class and I would start to always write these like weird, we would have to do like, wor- we would have to workshop our short stories and our poems. So I was always writing these like weird short stories and poems about sex and stuff. Okay. <laughs> but the teacher was cool with it you know uh-huh. English teachers are always a little wacky you know like they they were like yes if this is how we, you want to express yourself like express yourself well, you're a very sexually active person grown up to that point I mean I was I think well, I, was, I was almost like growing yeah I guess yeah. I was like with but then in between relationships I think I would try to get this like revenge by like okay. trying to sleep with everyone you know yeah. and then you feel and then you feel a little empty and then you do it again and then you get another relationship and then you put back to it you know yeah um and then, and then actually I started just kind of like, you know, like this was before, you know, people could just like watch porn on the internet, yeah. you know, like women particularly did not watch porn, you know, mm-hmm. and it would, and it was almost like shamed upon to like talk to your friends about sex, like particularly in the punk scene, we like never talked about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, when I started to be like sexually active, like I, I started just like, like, like reading like books, you know, by some of these like kind of sex positive feminists and okay. stuff like that. People I felt like I could like identify with yeah. and try to like learn more about myself and my own body and like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I did start like, um, uh, in my, in my, was my junior year of college, I think my junior year of college, I, uh, you were able to get like, um, uh, college credits for like internships and yeah. so i started like interning for this like sex magazine okay um they were called nerve nerve.com okay. yeah it was like one of the first and it was a very like sex positive you know it was in new york city it was run by this couple and they had god wow i remember they nerve put out this very like high like art artsy like photo book yeah and i remember and it was like artistic nudes and i actually remember that's how I found out about, um, I remember uh, Theo from the Lunatics, Lunatics yeah. with her husband. Yes. His name Sean. Yes. They were in the book. And okay. I just remember seeing a photo of them. And That's cool. I, I can't remember. I don't want it. Like if they were n maybe naked, but covering, yeah. you know what I mean? It was like I a very sexy photo. Yeah, and I, I was them. like, I was like, yes. You know, like, I don't know. Like I was like, yeah. okay. Like there is like something, you know, like I remember it being like inspiring, you know, and I, yeah. I don't know. And, uh, and my roommate, you know, still my, my best friend to this day, he was my roommate at the time and he was actually a very close guy friend of mine and he would, he was somebody I could actually open up to and felt like comfortable around. Yeah. Um, is that the way you started burning? Angels? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. We, we, he was actually in a hardcore band way, way, way back in oh, the day. Wow. Kind of funny. Yeah. That's um, cool. He was in a band called Sons of Abraham. Did you? I know that name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was in that band. Wow. <laughs> as, as, um, 101 years ago. Was, was, he was my roommate um, wow. at the time in college, you know. He, yeah. Was um, Suicide Girls before that? Okay, so Suicide Girls. So, um, uh, but you're credited as, as bringing alt porn to yeah, the mainstream. Yeah. Which so, can you break down for the listeners what that is? Too? Yeah. So I'm like, man, it's very hard to sum up 20 years and you know, in no, a quick no. period. We're, of we're time. just tatted yeah. up, we're punk just, rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls. But um, so yeah, so uh, Mitch, you know, was my roommate at the time, and I was always like coming home from my English classes, reading him my sex poems. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Reading him then? Uh, yeah, and I lived in a house with a whole bunch of dudes. I would like read them to all of them. Why? I don't really know. And I think they'd be like, okay, all right, Joanna, that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And then like, you know, working, interning for that magazine. Yeah. And I don't know, Mitch had just one day, he was like, we should start a porn site, you know? He was like, yeah. but like a punk rock one. And I was, I didn't even like think twice. I was like, yes, let's do it. Wow. Never watched a porn in my life. Knew wow. nothing about anything, you know, but I, I don't know. There was just something in your 20s. Then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, let's do it. And wow. then from that point on, you know, we just kind of figured it out. Like, it's almost like the next day I was like, were we joking? Were we not joking? Yeah. And like, we fucking, we, from that point on, you know, we did it. Wow. And that's, that's just kind of how it, it started. I mean, he was, you know, um, so, uh, yeah. But there's, was there a community online of people that girls with tattoos doing that at that time? or No, no? Wow, not yeah. at all. I mean, you it was, yeah. Wow. So it took a while. And like this was before internet communities. Yeah. This was before MySpace. This was before Facebook. Friendster. This was before, this was before Friendster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So crazy. I mean. Was there message boards back then? There were message boards. I fucking there hated were message, message boards. boards. Oh, oh, everybody was God. so mean to people, and they, so yeah, they they got really mean to me when uh when when Burning Angel launched. I remember, I'm sure. and you know, and I still remember to this day the people who stuck up for me. That's awesome. But um, um, uh, yeah. So I mean, it's were you working it, at so the time? So in that time, or? so in that time, um, uh, 
it was a lot of work to get the website started. I mean, just to get it up. You know, we kept having like launch dates and we pushed them back, we pushed them back. Like it's, I can't even believe we made it happen, you know, because we knew nothing. We knew nothing. We had like a friend of a friend that, you know, since we were in college, we had a lot of people around that just did stuff. Like a guy that kind of knew HTML and a guy that kind of, we actually had, God, if you remember, way back in the day, there was like a merch company called Merch Direct. Yeah, I know that. Are they still a company? Yes. They helped us oh, wow. in the early days like get this thing up yeah, i wonder you know they never wanted us to to say the name so Oops, I, I, sorry. i'm sorry guys 30 years later sorry you, they helped us in the beginning like get the credit card processing That's and nice. like, they, they kind of guided us a little bit like because they had a functioning pay site yeah you know which didn't really exist very much at the time so you created the website the name without ever even done a porn yet no no wow. yeah nothing. so all the, the beginning of burning angel which a lot of people don't realize was just photos a couple of photos, a Got handful you. of photo sets. That's it. Okay. And it, t- it took a while. It was five photo sets, five girls, me and four other girls. Mm-hmm. And all it was was photos. I didn't even take my panties off. I was just topless. And wow. it caused such a stir in the punk scene, you know, that like. people knew you from going to show all that. You're yeah, like, wow. people like, uh, and it's so funny to think of back then how shocking it was. a topless photo was yeah you know like it's crazy but um well, people like talk so like people being weird to it you? was oh yeah, the, yeah i mean my life changed but like i i remember the day it launched and i was so proud you know well <laughs> this was actually even like maybe a couple days after it launched i remember being so proud and i wanted to show the people at nerve the the into the magazine i i you know was this 2002 ish Yes, it was okay. 2002. So, um, I mean, the exact launch date was April 20th, 2002. So I, and I remember being like, oh, guys, I wanted to like show you. I have, I have a website now, you know? And this was like, Nerve was a pretty big company. Nice swanky Soho yeah. office, you know, with like fucking Terry Richardson coming in and taking pictures mm. and like, you know what I mean? Like just really like very yeah. high end New York, like yeah. stuff. And I, they were like, okay, little intern, like go back to the corner with your website now. Like they were very like, uh, and then my uh, somebody in the office was like, oh, that's like this website. And then they showed me Suicide Girls. And I was like, what's that? And then I just remember like, eh, okay. And that was, it, you know, so it's like, it's kind of funny. And I think at that point, I don't know the exact day they launched. We, we launched very close to each okay. other. Kind of funny that on the East Coast and the West Coast, two mm. people were thinking about these things at the same time. It, yeah. But I swear that is what happened. I knew nothing about Suicide Girls. And also... This was before Instagram, you know, before yeah. like, like I did not know what was going on on the West yeah. Coast at all. I didn't have friends in California. I didn't like. I even know there was a West Coast thing. Yeah. yeah and okay. I kind of didn't know the Suicide Girls was becoming so huge because like I was so intertwined and in trying to figure out how to like make Burning Angel yeah. a thing, you know, like burn, like Suicide Girls. So then it would be get annoying because people would, would think we were like copying them. And I'm like, I literally mm. like never, I, I don't even know what's going on yeah. over there, you know? Um, wow. So and that was just photos too originally. It was, yeah, okay. it's, I think I think it's still it. I mean, that's their thing. Yeah. You know, okay. they, they, so I at a certain point we kind of became known for various reasons. I started to realize we became known as like <laughs> the dirty suicide girls. Okay. You know, because I remember we would actually 
use photographs of girls like spreading their legs mm-hmm. and they wouldn't theirs theirs was also becoming very like high end like playboy style and ours was very low end okay <laughs> Mine no was airbrush this was you know this was like legitimately girls in my posing in my bedroom in wow. my fucking house in college where like seven people lived i mean thinking back on it now I'm so like, diy how how did anybody like how did i don't know how did i pull this off you know like but i, I really believed in it so i don't know that was super diy it too, was like, super it was the real deal this was yeah. not like a there was no like big corporate money behind this you know like this was like very DIY, you know, wow. and um, the people we be yeah we became known as yeah the the filthy trashy suicide girls, you know, <laughs> and um, and so at a certain point, you know, and then also other things, I I did start to learn about the big monster porn ind- industry in L.A. Yeah, and I wound up attending my first like AVN. Um, convention because I found out about it through somebody and what's anyway it, what's, when what's I, that it's like a very it's it happens is this bit this big porn convention there's okay. a, a big award show at the end of it and it's like a giant like porn trade show all the girls go okay you know and they, they sign autographs and like got I don't you know. so I remember when I went to my first AVN I wound up finding out about it through some still I was a nobody that we burning angel was nothing you know what yeah. I mean like even though we kind of had like a bit of a name in New York and like whatever we were just photos on the internet was your monthly subscription people could have to see photos yeah okay. just photos yeah okay. and it was ten dollars a month so okay. funny wow, man. yeah crazy and then um so when, I, when somebody told me about the AVN convention I was working as a strip at a, as a stripper by that point because okay. I was actually st- uh I was work you know I was working at a at a do you remember that hair salon in New Brunswick, that Sparks? It was like a tattoo, sh- a piercing place and a hair salon. I was mm, working there for maybe. a little while. I don't know. Anyway, at Did a certain point. Did your parents know what you were doing at that time? I, so I told my parents the day before the website launched. Wow. Yeah. I, I, ha- I had to tell them because I didn't want them to find out yeah, it was um, nice from someone them. else. Yeah. You know, I didn't want them. And, um, and were they cool? Um, You know, they were a little confused, yeah. a little shocked. And at the time, I did not. I was still in school. Um, you know, I think my mom was kind of like, what did we do wrong? You know? Mm -hmm. And my dad was like very confused. Um, and I was like, yeah, I remember he just said, whatever, whatever happens with this, whatever you do, please finish school. That was all he said. He's like, because I was in my, my senior year at that point. I think he was like, I did not pay for a college education just I for you to leave that. college and, yeah you know and i was like okay i, I will and i did so i That's finished awesome. college you know and so that i i'm glad he said that too yeah. because there you know once the it started i was so obsessed with getting this website off the ground and making it into something i mean it was to, it was very hard to go from like almost you know being on the I don't know, on my laptop all day trying to make shit happen yeah. you know arranging things and kind of starting to feel like a mini boss i guess or just trying to figure out how to make this thing grow and then going to class you know what i mean was it was starting to get a little tedious at a certain point but i was like i told my dad to finish so i'm gonna finish and um so i did finish school nobody recognized you at class well yeah i mean everyone talked about it everyone i mean and i was not like i was not used to being the center of attention you know, like I was not used to being the girl that everybody talked about you know yeah so it was very weird for me like at and a lot of people in the punk scene didn't like it. Wow. A lot of people were weird with me, but you know, but then other people were very, very, very supportive, you know? And it, did you stop going to shows at that point kind of? Cause um, I did stop going to shows at, 
but a few years later, I mean, the early days of Burning Angel, literally, we got a name from handing out flyers at shows. That's wow, what we did. Wow. We would go to shows and hand out flyers. And I still have one that of the first incredible. Burning Angel flyers. Like, it was a flyer and it said, like, there was like a picture of me and it said, like, interviews. Like band, because we had, we had band interviews. Okay, on yeah, yeah. Like band interviews, articles, and like and dot 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 and naked girls. Oh yeah, naked girls or wow. something. And it said burning angels coming. We would hand them out at shows. At shows, like yeah. you were band pushing. That's exactly. Crazy. Yeah. And and we still did that for a while. And I would buy, you know. So I kind of also at that point I was getting a little older, and the punk scene was changing too. And that's when the whole like trust kill records like. You know, there was a lot of festivals yeah, in that. And so that. I was like doing a lot of promoting in that world because they were big areas. Yeah. I felt like more of age people, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, and they would let us get like tables. So I would I would sell Burning Angel merch and have like a table and bring the girls. Like we did that for, for years. And um, how fast did it take off and you actually started making money from it? So it, it took a little while, um, you know, little by little. Um, it took a little while. and But yeah, I at a certain point I did realize, like I remember having these like kind of so many life-changing moments. I, I actually <laughs> remember going to one of the festivals. Actually, one festival got kind of dark, but we won't even talk about that one. But okay. um, I remember going to another festival and somebody, I think it was Crazy Fest actually in Kentucky. And I, I it was so that. much fun. Crazy yeah. with a K. I remember yes. that. Yeah, 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 it was really fun. I remember we had a booth there and, and I just remember somebody being like, oh yeah, do you know do you know Bella Donna? She's my favorite porn star. And I, I knew who she was, you know, she was a very big time, you know, mm -hmm. porn star, but I, I never like knew her, knew her, you know, cause we were like, Burning Angel was very much in its own world. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I just remember something clicked. I was like, okay, this guy here at this, I'm here handing out flyers. This guy did not know who I was, but he knew who Bella Donna was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like he, if he knew who I was, he didn't care. And I was kind of like, it's one of those things, like if you want to become famous in your hometown, you have to leave. <laughs> I, I remember that was kind of a moment where I was like, I think I have to leave this scene. Also, the crowds are starting to get a little younger, you know, as yeah. we, as, it, as it become harder for people to make money in music, the crowds are becoming younger and younger. Agreed. And I, I didn't want to like be... You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. There were various reasons, and also just like, like I said before, we we were the trashy suicide girl. So at a certain point, I was like, what? Why are we? I've like my whole life changed? Everybody knows me as like a porn person, but I'm not a porn person. All I have is topless photos on the internet, and like, wow. everybody's pigeonholing me as this. So at a certain point, I was like, we should make movies. You know what I mean? Like, like what? What it. the fuck is going on? You know, like I, my whole life has changed. I, you know, I had a boyfriend dump me, like all this stuff. I'm like getting all the heat from being a porn star without yeah. being a porn star. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. So there were just like a lot of things kind of leading up to like, let's, like, fuck let's it, fucking make it. movies. You were know you scared I mean? to do it or? I think by that point, I was just, I was just, ex I was excited and, and yeah. motivated. And, and, um, you know, once it was almost like starting a company all over again, because figuring out how to incorporate video onto a website and figuring out the bandwidth and the hosting and figuring out yeah. things like getting your DVDs, like encoded another thing. I wow. mean, everyone I knew was from the punk scene. And yeah. I actually remember talking to somebody gave me somebody's number. Like they, they did, uh, some bands like DVD, like tour DVD. Uh -huh. And I was, you know, because you need to get DVDs like encoded. And I remember yeah. when Burning Angel was making those first DVD, we were trying to figure out who could like do this, the, the encoding and stuff. And yeah. I remember asking the guy and he's like, I'm sorry, we can't, 
we can't do that, you know? So I was like, <laughs> what? Like, you don't, it's like, you can't do that. You know, he's like, I can't, I can't have like porn on the screen in my pressing plant. I'm like, what the fuck does it matter? You know? Mm. So I, I started to, you know, I, I was like, That's okay, okay. I was like, and then I realized I'm like, okay, this is why everybody makes porn in like Los Angeles because I, there is like an, an entire world where everyone just works in porn and everything's okay. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I think this it's, whole thing where I was kind of trying to be different and, uh, you know, with like your punk not ethics, do it, with, the stuff with my learned. punk ethics. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. But look, I didn't, you know, it just, I, and then I kind of, it's almost like the company was starting all over again, take two, because like learning yeah. how to, how to do video. And then it was like, all right, well, I fucking caused a stir in the punk scene. And then it was time for me to cause a stir in the porn scene, you know, like, and I was like, all right guys, like I'm yeah. here. And, and having this, you know, this was a time when porn was very like, blonde hair you know the very california like vivid you know yeah. like uh vivid girl you know look and yeah uh, and, nobody's and really it was, no, up. it was unheard of wow. it was completely unheard of and i just you know i came in i came in uh it changed all blazing that. you know <laughs> yeah you fucking changed all that it's insane really crazy i mean so much has happened and so i know it's hard to like squeeze in everything no like, no but that's I mean? like yeah. Is that like intimidating coming to Los Angeles to take on that? You know, by that point, I think because I went through so much in in the punk scene, um, I went through so much even just first coming to New York. I really like really like figured out how to like make a like a statement in New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. how to like throw parties and, and like really do make a scene there. Yeah. Make an um, by the time I came, came to L.A., it was like. People had heard about me a little bit, but yeah. I, but I will say the the life the I keep using the word life changing. You can't say you asked when we started making money. There was because we were causing such a buzz in New York, you know, and there's and it was such a strange thing going on. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I even remember Tim Armstrong came and he shot, he did a whole bunch of photo sets for us and stuff oh, like wow. that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember meeting Tim at the Warp Tour and he, he awesome. liked Burning Angel, That's which was awesome. a really wonderful like moment for me that yeah. he gave me the okay. But he was like, you know, he, Tim was really into photography at the time. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. came to New York and he shot a bunch of, you know, I had all the girls come out and all the girls were excited to meet Tim, whatever. Oh, that's anyway, cool. It was a pretty crazy thing. So, you know, I, I feel like all these things were happening in New York. The New York Times wound up writing an article about me. And I actually remember when the article came out, that was when it went from being like, it was overnight. First of all, the website broke. Wow. It was the first time we got so much traffic. The website broke. You know what I mean? Holy and it was shit. like, and it was like overnight, everything changed. Um, wow. Yeah. When they did the article about me, it was, it was like the first, like, it was a nice article. It was a great article. Okay, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, like mom in the New York Times. Yeah. No, my dad was like, wow. I think also, wow. I think I got my dad's seal of approval. He's like, all right, you're doing something. You know, like, I don't know what the hell you're doing, <laughs> but like something is going on. Like family members that didn't talk to me, like came around, like because that article is pretty wow. funny. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and I, so I had, I was working as a stripper, you know, still in New York at that time. So it was kind of funny because I was working as a stripper to like put money into my porn site, which is kind of ridiculous. Cause at a certain point I realized I was like, Oh, well as a stripper, I could make more money. So if I work, I could work less days and I'll have more freedom and I could work at night. So I can yeah. work on website stuff during the day. And then also maybe I can meet girls at the strip club if they want to be on the website. Oddly, a lot of strippers mm. did not want to do it. It's kind of funny. I'm, more of the girls that wound up wanting to do it were from girls that, that went to shows and stuff. The strippers, strippers, 
really, you know, because a lot of strippers liked like the anonymity of being a stripper. Yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah. Want it there, you know. Anyway, um, no, I get you. So for various reasons, so I, after the New York Times article came out, um, that was when I I I stopped dancing after that. That's that wow. was when Burning Angel became my full time job. Um, wow. And so, so like monthlies went up every month, like everything uh, subscriptions, went, yeah, everything. everything went up. We wow. got like so many members that day. No more $10. You know? <laughs> I, you know, God, did we, ra- I think you we probably raised it to like 1999 okay. at some point, you know, in the final years, like we, I think we went up to like 2499. Um, but yeah, that was, and I do remember actually coming cause the, I, I did the New York times article, but I never knew when it was coming out. Yeah. Um, and then, it's like, and life was so, cr- everything was happening at that, but I was just like so engrossed and like yeah. trying to figure out how to make this thing successful, you know? Um, and um, I remember, um, I, so I did the New York Times piece. I remember they interviewed me. They actually came to one of our like sets wow. and they watched everything. Um, and then like, you know, I was like, okay, nice to meet you, whatever. Like, I, I don't know. Th- I remember there was a time where I was like, is that ever going to come out? You know, because I remember yeah. even the writer that day was like, sometimes I write things and they don't come out. You know, mm. like he was just basically telling me. Um, anyway, and then I did get a call from someone at the New York Times doing like a fact check, you know, like just want to make sure this is true. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, does that mean the article's coming out soon? And she's like, oh, couldn't even tell me. She's like, it's just my job to fact check, you know? I remember this was on a, like a Friday, I think. And then I actually remember, yeah. And then I remember Saturday night I danced, you know, and it was a strip club in New York. So they closed at four in the morning okay. and at four in the morning, really. And then everybody partied at the strip club after this was a life was kind of exhausting at that point. So I, a lot of times <laughs> I didn't leave work until six o'clock in the morning. Wow. And I actually remember leaving work and I was going outside to hail a cab and the New York Times hit the stand right at that moment. Wow. And I saw my picture or like, my, yeah, I saw the article, you know, I just kind of like looked at it. And then I just like open, you know, flip through it a little bit. And I was like, oh, my God, I was like shaking, you know, and I, yeah. bought, I bought the paper and I was like, all right, I'm going to go back home and go to sleep because, you know, it was six in the morning and I, had yeah. slept and I went to sleep and I woke up to like seven billion missed calls. Sure. <laughs> you know, I'm sure. <laughs> and Mitch, we were living together at the time. We lived in a loft. It was the Burning Angel office, too. Yeah. I remember he was like waking me up, you know, and he was like. Joanna, the website crashed. Like we got too much you know, traffic. Wow, he was man. trying to fix it. He's on the phone with the hosting company, and it was just like this crazy moment, you know. And wow, I was like, man. I was like, oh my god, like it's happening, you know? Like it's really like happening. Like this is like not like a a weird experiment anymore. This isn't like a joke, you know? Yeah. Kind of funny because fast forward to now, when you hear about the beginning of Liquid Death, I feel like there's some similarities where it almost started off as a joke. It did on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, it's not a joke anymore. You know? It's true. Mike did that. He's a marketing guy. He did that video as a joke and it just blew right? up. He yeah. had no product. Just like you did the website. You didn't have any videos. We had nothing. We had nothing. Wow. You know? It's a great so point. It's, it's, uh, yeah. It's kind of crazy. funny how... When I hear about the beginning, the early days of Liquid Death with Pat and Mike just mm-hmm. driving around, you know, in a van and like, I, I don't know, you know, driving yeah. to every Walmart trying to pimp the product out or what, you know, I mean, Pat was telling me some stories of the early yeah. days and I'm like, this is so much like early Burning Angel days, you know, where I'm like planning out fires at shows, you Dude. know, yeah. So I, I really like, so fast forward a zillion years later, you know, I wound it's up, I wound up selling the company in 2019. 2019. Yeah. Um, but that website changed your life probably starting that and oh yeah i mean i i mean i grew up you know i started at age 22 i sold it at age 40 wow man so you sold the website i sold it i got an offer um 
you know. How uh, how how big did it become? Like, Enough to like you buy like. It was pretty you, big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're chilling. Like you're buying a house. You're chilling. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Man. Um, it was very stressful. You know. Wow. Um. Uh, it was a lot. I I kind of felt like what's from the moment I started that website in 2002 to when I sold it in 2019, it was almost like I blinked. Um. It, I mean, it, con- it was my whole life. It consumed me, you know? It was everything. I did not really have a personal life at all, at and, all, and, you and know? Um, yeah. Is it but hard look, it was me, you know? Yeah. Like, it, when you are your brand, you know? Yeah. Like, you love what you do, so it doesn't feel like work. But, you know, that times times did get tough, you know, when porn became free. We had to mm. kind of battle with that, but then we wound up doing okay. Um, as time when went on... When did that happen? When did that become free? Uh, God, it's so hard to point out the years. Maybe like 2000, like 13, 14, okay. you know, we had to change. Was it 2012? I don't know. You know, we had to kind of keep, keep to change and adapt and change and adapt, you know. Um, oh, you're a writer, producer, actor. You got kind of just your awards yeah. like oh, best I've, actress, I've best scene, <laughs> yeah, yeah, best yeah. website, best um, screenplay, everything. I, I've won like a... How many? Like, like close to 200 awards. Oh my God, man. That's so insane. Like, yeah, kind of funny because now moving back to New York, it's like I have no place to put them so they're sitting in storage. Really? <laughs> I, I mean, there's literally not enough room to fit them. And at a certain point, I used to put them on a shelf. I remember my first award. I was like, yes, I'm going to put this award on the shelf. And then every year they kept getting more and more and more. And I was like, it went from an award shelf to an award, like entire bookcase to an award, like armoire to an award room. <laughs> wow. And uh, now it's like, and then they moved to my garage. I had like a whole display in my garage and I lived in LA and now I'm like, I'm just going to put them in storage. I don't need to look at these things every day. Um, even though I'm proud of them. Yeah. I was going to ask you proud. Like, of course, you, I'm proud. Were you so caught up in the moment that you realize all the success you have and then looking back now? No, I, I'm okay. super proud of everything. Um, you know, I, don't ever want to own a business again yeah you know it was a lot you know it, t- it takes takes a lot out of you yeah. you know p- times that you know there were amazing times times where you know a lot of highs and lows times where you yeah. feel on top of the world and times where you feel really at the bottom i mean there were times where i took a risk you know i'd be so passionate about these movies and i would yeah. spend so much money and take a of risk your own money of my own money wow. you know on making some of these movies a lot of money because I believed in them so much and then they would flop, you know, like that, yeah. that feels like shit, you know? Yeah. Um, having to like hire your friends and then fire your friends sometimes, Fuck. you know, like having to, uh, you know, there's a lot of hardships, you know, you st- and then you become the man, you know, you hate the man as a punk rocker <laughs> yeah, growing up. Totally. You start listening to your friends who are complaining about their jobs and you're like, you start to see it from their boss's point of view and not their point of view. It started yeah. to kind of feel like, like everyone was talking about me at the water cooler, you know? Mm. And sometimes they were. I actually remember seeing once on set. I was like, am I that person? I remember once we were <laughs> shooting this big movie. And I remember it was in this loft and the, the door to the bathroom actually didn't close very well. So it was like, I just told everyone like, oh, just stay away from the bathroom if you see someone going in it. Because it like, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I actually remember I kind of walked by the bathroom and two of the crew guys were doing cocaine sorry everyone um and and they cut when i walked by they're like oh quit she's coming and they covered it i was like when did i become yeah <laughs> i went from being the person being offered cocaine to the person <laughs> hiding and hidden from the cocaine wow. i was like i'm the boss and i don't like it you know i'm like yeah what <laughs> you know 
<laughs> not wow. saying I wanted to do cocaine. No, but you I know. know. What I mean. You yeah. get it. Like I was like, you know, and then it start over time. You know, I'm like, God, some, you know, when when you just, you're like, wow, some being the boss can be hard. It is, you yeah. know, and nobody feels bad for you. No one feels bad for you. So. And how many people working was like the biggest? I mean, staff, so staff or so part I, of the company? you know, there was a time where I, I we had like four three or four just like full-time employees but there was always like a, a you know just like freelance people that yeah. hired you know production on set um so i guess we never did become you know this like giant office of whatever yeah. you know because um we would kind of at a certain point we partnered up with like another web company to do all our web stuff you know if yeah. that makes any sense so we stopped doing it in-house because it got too too much you know keeping up with technology yeah um and that company wound up actually buying the company so it's almost like they were sort of powering it already okay so it was a pretty easy um switch but yeah i mean we you know i i got an an offer and it was views? something i had been thinking about but I didn't think it was going to actually happen. You yeah. know, it was like, okay, I'm ready to sell this. Was it your first offer? I'm sure it offers. It was the, the first oh, offer. Okay. Okay. Kind of funny. <laughs> Within the first like three months of when we were a website, maybe like a year, very early on, we did get an offer from Suicide Girls. Okay. A very low one. Okay. Because um, I think they were just, we were such a joke and they were such a big thing. Yeah. I think they were like, let's just squash this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember they asked. They offered us five thousand dollars, and it was kind of funny because I remember at the time I was like, "Wow, if I had five thousand dollars, like I was very like five grand." Yeah, they offered five grand. I mean, imagine? literally, we were nobodies. You know, we were nothing. Imagine, so I think oh they were God. very like, "Let's just let's just end this before it gets anywhere." I don't blame them. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. You know, and we said no. Um, wow. and that was actually the only offer we got, you know, 20 years later, we get a really, you know, still though. um, we didn't really get, uh, but also there's not a lot of buyouts in porn. There's really like in porn now, I'm sure it's like that in music. There's like two big companies okay. and one of them wanted us and the wow. other one, you know, didn't really want yeah. us. So we went, you know, I, 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 I knew just from knowing, um, I had other friends, you know, in the industry yeah. that sold, uh, companies. I actually had. A, a person that we worked with, he did our DVD distribution. He had recently bought another company. Okay. And he told me the number that he bought that company for. And, and, th and the company that he bought was much bigger than Burning Angel. And the price that he bought that company for and what Burning Angel was being evaluated at was, was very close. So wow. it was kind of a moment where I was like, we're not going to get any better than this. This is time to, yeah. to, to do it. Um, Wow. So we did it. And then part of the deal, um, I got like a two-year uh, agreement to work for the company. Um, and looking back on it now, I probably shouldn't. That was like a dream at the time. I was like, wow, I could just like do what I want and not have to worry about the money. And yeah. Like, but, you know, the people, they lied to me a lot. Like they said I would have creative control and I didn't really have creative mm. control. And they wound up. That's a there was out. some there was some like fine lines in the contract that shit. there was some shady shit and whatever they paid me well I yeah. can't I can't complain but it went from being like something I was excited and passionate about to something like all right I see what you guys are doing you know mm. whatever it's time to get the fuck out of here so it was my goal I remember after I signed that contract and a few months later when that contract started to really go sour and I realized like like what a shitty deal it was oh, wow. <laughs> like creatively Creative, that was yeah. another reason I was like I have this problem where I feel so sad and empty and no one feels bad for me because i'm like kind of thriving right now so yeah, yeah, yeah. um 
Um, but now, I felt really depressed, you know? It's like I felt, I didn't know who I was. Like, I, Joanna Angel is my name, you yeah. know? And burning it, like, I, I felt like like I just lost my child, you mm. know? Like, I it's fucking, baby, yeah, it man. was my baby in it, and, you know, and, and then I was watching this company molest it, and it was, really, it was nothing I could do about it, you know? It wasn't my baby and anymore. so it still exists, but you have nothing to do with it? Uh, yeah, it, I think, you know, it's, I, so I did have something to do with it, but, you know, I don't know what's going on with yeah. it, really. I'm, I think they just kind of let, basically they bought the company because they were starting like a mega site. Okay. So I think they just kind of wanted it to be like almost like a Netflix, you know, like it, yeah. like content to just kind of sit there. You know what I mean? I don't think they really yeah. cared about doing much with the brand. So it, right now, as far as I know, nobody else is like directing for it. But, you know, one day that might happen and I have to be able to deal with that. I have a feeling yeah. they're just going to let it sit there. Yeah. Who knows? It's up to them. I can't, I can't care. You know, I cared so much for a while and it's, you know. Yeah. So when I signed that two year deal and, and then a few months later, I realized that the deal was not a great deal. Yeah. Uh, and I realized I didn't really have a home and a future there. I was like, this is just, eh, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. I shouldn't yeah. have agreed to this deal. Uh, so that's when I told myself, I said, before this two year deal is over, I need to find something else. And that was my goal. And I managed to get a job at Liquid Death yeah, a few months and you're, and you're, before those two months it, so were over. <laughs> and you're killing it too, man. And, it's so And awesome. I love the company so much. I, I love it. And it is so great to help someone else's vision. Yeah. And not not be working on my own vision. You know, yeah. like it really feels good. Yeah. Um, is it hard not to be the boss? No, I love it. Okay. I love it. I do not want to be the boss. I see Mike sometimes. I'm like, I don't envy you, you know? And yeah. it's almost like the bigger the company gets, you know, he's like more and big. more stressed. I mean, he's got yeah. so much, so much to think about. I know. <laughs> you know? But it's <laughs> like, such a cool brand and cool people behind it. I know. And community and the vision and the goals and what they're doing. It is it, such a fucking awesome company. I am I so proud to be a part of it. Me too. Um, I love it so much. And um, I think Mike is a, just a fucking genius. You know, I think he's such you a genius. You go hard for them. I, I love, you know, like. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you know? really love it. It's like. I really love it. I mean, and everyone needs water. I mean, just last I night I, I came back to go to like an adult industry event and I was able yeah. to, and, and Liquid Death was the official water of the party. So that's it's, cool. It's been cool that I've been able to, to kind of keep my foot in the porn industry with yeah. water. <laughs> you know? <laughs> How much involved are you in it still? Are you, so, still do, are you still doing... Okay, so it's, I don't know how much you know about... At some point during COVID and this and that, it's kind of funny because I really thought I was like done. You're I was tired. like, what else, what else can I possibly do in this industry? I just didn't think... You know, I had a company. I sold a company. Yeah. So I was kind of like, after these two years are over, I'm just done. But... um in those two years that's when OnlyFans became okay, a that's thing right, yeah, that's right that's and right. I remember when everybody was sort of telling me about it, it I was like ah, that doesn't sound like it's gonna work for me this sounds like it's more for the younger generation of the you know maybe I don't know like I, I just it didn't make any sense to me because I was so used to like Burning Angel like I had a production team like yeah. we shot big movies with you know what I mean? With like a lot of people on set with stylists and makeup artists. Yeah. I mean, you know, not every movie. But this is, is like, back but to like, like the DIY. This aspect. is back to like, I'm like, no, how uh, me just like shooting a think clips on my cell phone. Like what? That's like not, nobody's going to like that. My fans don't like that. Like me thinking like I, that's, I'm not from that generation. Yeah. And then I don't know, like over COVID, I was like, all right, well, let's like. Try it. Let's try it. And it, you know, it's doing pretty well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um. 
Uh, so I, I do that, you know, so wow. that's, that's what I do. And, and, and you I, make your you know, money. That's awesome. I make good money. Um, Less stressed though, I'm right? I'm so surprised every month, you know, like I'm like, I, I'm so happy and, and yeah. thrilled and grateful that I have so many fans that month after month subscribe and, and pay for it and, yeah. and talk to me. And, you know, these diehard fans that have now been my fans for 20 years, you know, I have people yeah, so that are like, I've been you. jerking off to you for 20 oh years. <laughs> and I'm like, man, it's like we grew up together. It's like, it's, fucking it's like crazy. you might know me better than like my family members or something. You've yeah. seen like, you've literally like, um, you know, um, so I'm so grateful. And sometimes I'm shocked. I'm like, I can't believe with so many new, you know, new girls coming in every day, like these people are still so loyal to me. Yeah. Um, and that's what you just do. So, that. you know, I'm just, and yeah, and the great thing about OnlyFans is you can do it from anywhere, you yeah. know? And so that was why I made the decision, you know, to move back to New York. I was like, well, everything I came here to do. I did. You did it all. I came you here you from conquered. work, you and know, you and I yeah. was like, and now it's, it's time to go home. You know, LA never felt like home to me. I'm it sure. always just felt like, and I tried and I tried and I really thought like maybe I'd get used to it or, yeah. uh, you know, um, it just never felt if, and every time I'd go back to New York to visit my family, but yeah. you know, my sister, she lived in Brooklyn, my family's still in Jersey. And every time I'd spend a few days in the city, even when it was freezing cold, even when yeah. it was, you know, it, like at the inconvenience or the the summer disgusting heat. Whenever I would go back there, I just felt at home. Yeah. And I'd always be like, it's I just want to move back here one day. I just want to. And also, I felt like I was kind of taken away because I always wanted to move to New York. And I didn't. I lived in New Jersey growing up, being like, I want to one day live in New York. Yeah. And then I finally lived in New York. I lived in Brooklyn, and then I kind of got taken to Los Angeles because yeah. of porn. And I actually remember when I first moved to LA, I was so like. Like, God, I really wanted to make this work in New York. Because for a while, you know, Burn Angel obviously was such a New York thing. But we yeah. had, I had to just go to L.A. at some point. Like I said, it was just yeah. too problematic. So I, it was almost like I wanted to move to New York my whole life. And then it was sort of taken away from me. Yeah. And, and like before I was ready to go. And, and so I was like, you know what? Let's just I could always come back if I want to come back yeah. to L.A. And so I, you know, now, now you're there. Now I'm back in New York. I just, you know, um, and I'm really thankful because between OnlyFans and Liquid Death being like a virtual job. Yeah. And I also knew at Liquid Death they were, um, they, when I first started there, they were talking about getting a New York distributor. That was like sort of the last city they had to conquer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember talking to Sticks, you know, my boss. Shout out to Sticks. Yeah, shout out to Sticks, my boss. <laughs> it's so funny to even have a boss, I know. you know? But I love it. <laughs> I think you're still, I think you're still the boss in your own way. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Like, and you know, but Sticks really lets us really own our own yeah he's amazing which is, man. which is awesome he works um, hard too he works hard and uh and he he's taught me a lot yeah um but you know it was jen who really got me in with the company so shout out to jen, shout out to jen. such a fucking she is such a badass I love her man. such an inspiration you know i always tell her i'm like i don't even think you realize like how important you are yeah. you know because to see i and i even like i've made fun of myself i'm like i became important in the punk scene through t through sucking dick i was like <laughs> you fucking did it like singing on stage i was like i cheated <laughs> you are really doing it you know <laughs> like yeah, you yeah, managed yeah. to really become respected <laughs> without sucking dick <laughs> shout out to you jen you know shout out to you jen and not you know she's, yeah you know she's not like sleeping her way to the top or anything no, she is a fucking, fucking and awesome. she is a real like you can tell through the way she talks she is such 
a passionate musician. Yeah. She eats, sleeps, and breathes like, you know, she has great playing music. Too. She yeah. is such a great, and she loves it. Like, she's definitely, like, she's not in it for, like, the fame. Yeah. You know, that you, you see over the years when, like, a girl band would, would kind of get put together and it looked like a very, like, a fashion project. Yeah. And it looked, some of those bands were still catchy and cute. Totally. But, you know, she's really, like, just a real, a real deal, like, hardcore she musician. Is. You know? Did, did you ever want to do music? Can you okay, sing so Because you love it so much. I do. I know. All right. You know, like, okay, <laughs> when I was in high school, I took guitar lessons. Okay. And it's like inside of me. I wanted so badly <laughs> to be like a chick that played guitar. Yeah. It just, it was, I wasn't very good at it. Okay. I just was not good at it. It's like I was forcing it. Okay. You know, like yeah, it yeah, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't coming naturally. I was, I was always a writer, you know, writing yeah. was my form of expression mm-hmm. um i like to sing i've managed to sing on uh you know i'd love to actually really i don't know me and jen have actually talked about it before i'm like can you can we just like do an album or something, together? something together i would something. love yeah. to let's say i so sang cool. a few lines on a war on war war on women oh you did yeah i sang a few lines on there nice album. um and actually so through burning angel so my, my husband, you know, he's a musician. And yes. he, he actually he used to play in, in punk bands. Small like hands. That. Yeah, small hands. Um, so he would write a lot of the songs for the Burning Angel movies. Got so you. sometimes he would write music and I would like sing on them. And we, That's you know, cool. and just in our little like, you know, in the recording studio yeah. at home. Um, so I, I've gotten to do, and I actually have recorded a few like songs for movies that yeah. we wound up putting on iTunes. I have like two songs on iTunes. Two oh, songs, shit. Okay. Yeah. And they're funny. They're just funny. Under songs your name? Were, just, yeah. Okay. Under my name. No, actually, I had a band name. It was Joanna Angel and the Gigolos. <laughs> there's two songs. Okay. And there's two songs on there. And they were written for movies, like as That's like cool. theme songs for movies. And then, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, I'll just put it on iTunes and see what happens, you know. But, so but I think I've always <laughs> wanted to. But yeah, I think I, I was meant to be. I mean, you, punk rock can't exist without the people watching the bands, you know? Not everybody no, can be true. in a band, you know? Need and you. I, you, you need us, you no, know? You, you need us. I was meant to be, I was meant to be a fan, you know? Yeah. And I am, I am like punk rock. I respect and, that. I'm punk rock's biggest fan, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, your, and your husband, I look so. Is you married? You're married now. I'm married now. Okay. Yeah. We, got, we got married in 2016. Um, yeah. He was not in the industry when I met him, and then I. Got I was going to ask you that yeah. too, like. And then I got him into porn. So, so that's a question I want to have I you. I sex like, trafficked him. In so, so doing what you do throughout your so it's yeah. during your career. Is it hard to get somebody who's a civilian and not in that world to have a it relationship? Was, Are you intimidating oh. to people? Uh, yeah, I mean, by look, you. I, that was an I issue for something. a while. So, uh, I mean, I remember in the beginning, beginning, I had a boyfriend. He broke up with me. He couldn't answer. So normal you know? dude. Yeah. Every guy I would hang out with, you know, was like, uh, you know, they're like, in fe- they, they think what you do is cool, but never, you know, not not cool enough to date you. You know, just like you're cool, but like I want to yeah. brag about fucking you to my friends, but I don't want be serious with you but i was so serious about starting the company like that kind of became like i didn't you care just about focus that on anymore. business and focus yeah. on business i wound up dating somebody else in the industry for a long time we don't have to talk about him because he's yeah. a jerk you know i wound up dating him for a while and then we wound up breaking up it was, it was kind of you know it's a complicated relationship that one but <laughs> um uh, you know uh, and then uh um and then when we broke up, that was sort of the first time I was, I had already had like a pretty, you know, name in the industry. I yeah. was like 20, I think it was 29 years old, okay. single, you know. But you joined Angel, so people cele- probably Yeah, like- and I, that was a funny time because I was like, 
going on dates, like kind of putting myself out there, like trying to navigate life being single as like a semi-famous porn star. Wow. And yeah, people really like, a lot of times I'd go on dates and find myself like feeling like I'm in the middle of like a, like a band, like a press interview. Like, so what do your parents think? And when did you get started? And I'm like, yeah. why are we talking about this? You know? Like, and do people and then, expect you to be how you are on video? Yeah. In the bedroom in a relationship. That's something I always yeah. want to ask somebody in this world. Like, just me to be exactly like that. No, they, they, a lot human. of times manners go out the window, which, you know, like I would talk to guys, I would meet someone, I'd be like, cool, nice to meet you, text them later. And then I don't know, dick pic. I was like, well, I was just asking you, like, what movies you like and yeah. what, where did your dick pic come in? You know, and then suddenly it's like, oh, you're such a filthy whore. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right. If I'm going to do this. It's romantic from the beginning yeah. and you want a relationship being filled with love. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad you realized you know, that. And also, saying. especially at that point, I'm like, if I'm going to be a whore, <laughs> I could be getting, making money off it. Like, why do I need to like, you know, if you're going to like, yeah. also at that, you know, I'm just like, I don't need to do this like on camera and off camera. I need, I want like a, so everybody would be Is it hard to separate. I mean, you separated that obviously. That's your I could separate it, but they couldn't separate it, you know, and that's, you it's a that. complicated thing to, to talk. It would be complicated to tell people. It's like, I love what I do. It's not fake. When people be like, are you faking? I'm like, you can't fake it. It's mm -hmm. real sex. You know, like yeah. a penis is going inside of you. Those are real reactions, yeah. you know, like, Totally. It's, we're not holograms. Like, I hate when people say, are you faking it? I'm like, if you maybe once in a while fake an orgasm, yeah. that's still, you're still not faking it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, a the, dick is going in you and the camera is filming it. Those are real reactions of yeah. real people. Real things are happening, you yeah. know? So it would be hard to be like, I love what I do, but I also, like... And what? very capable of falling in love with someone and, 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 having, and having a, a good day and having great passionate sex. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and, um, and conversations and, and conversations. being a human. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a time where I dated another guy who was in a band and he, <laughs> oh, forever. It's an, an, Ill, an addiction, an illness. You what, know? what? Musicians? Musicians. You okay. fucking musicians. We <laughs> do it. And then, um, <laughs> I remember dating, oh, she, uh, so I was dating a guy in a band and then he would, you know, that was, you know, the first time I was in a relationship with a non-adult person and I don't know, I wasn't really sure how to navigate it and he'd be like, well, if you're, if you're fucking people for work, I should be able to fuck whoever I want and I was like, okay, okay, fine, sure, okay, if that's how it has to go, that's how it has to go and then I remember when that actually started happening I was like, no, this actually isn't okay. Like, I'm going to work. So that's your job. I'm going to work. And also, not to mention, I, I was working for myself. So do you know all the times I was on camera going to work and fucking someone, I had to pay them at the end. I'm writing wow. them a check, you know? Wow. You are meeting a girl at a show and, like, talking to them and flirting with them. And then, you know, t you know, having sex. Even if you if it's a one-night stand, there's still, like, emotions involved. It's totally. still, it's not a, a set-up environment where, some, where it's transactional, yeah. you know? So I'm like, there's literally nothing you could compare it to off camera, you know? Yeah. Like, nothing at all. Um, and so, and, and once it started happening, I, I was not okay. I was, you know, I was, like, emotionally, I, I would try to tell him. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm not okay with this. Also, it's, it's embarrassing to me because I, I, like, people knew me and, this one guy we're dating and I'm seeing on the internet all these girls like had so much fun with you last night and it's humiliating to me. You know, mm. I'm like, this is like, 
really uh, like not fair you know like yeah. everything i do it's you know everything you know it's a ju whatever yeah i'm like also i'm building a business still like i was like you don't have to you know i'm like fine if you want to like have sex with an escort i guess that's the closest you could compare it to because you're just gonna it's <laughs> transactional but like yeah, yeah, yeah you know so that didn't work and then you know and then when i did meet with you know now my husband i i from the beginning i was like you know once once we went on a few dates and i knew we liked yeah. each other i was like here's how this is gonna go I'm going to go to work. I'm going to fuck people. <laughs> you can't fuck anyone <laughs> wow. but me. If you can't handle that, we have to end this now. And I was like, but you know, there's going to be a lot of perks. There's going to be a lot of perks that come along <laughs> with this. And we can have fun. We can have threesomes, maybe some like orgies and so stuff cool like that. that. I'm cool okay. with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but like, open but we're into it's not open. Okay. It's okay. not, it's not okay, open. Okay. Open means like, like, he, like two people can like okay, have okay. other, you know what I mean? If we, okay. we're just, have, having i don't know what you call i actually tell someone like we're not, in the mix i don't know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we're just you know we, it's it's we're still in it together yeah i remember actually yeah. a therapist she's like that's not an open relationship because <laughs> when you tell people open that means people can have other okay you know, okay my bad yeah yeah but i've been married was, 26 years i don't know yeah. anything okay you guys ever had a threesome no <gasps> wow I'm married 26 years yeah Man, that's crazy and you've had sex with one person <laughs> wow yes. that sounds so so beautiful actually <laughs> It really does. That's really like you don't. We've been together since we were kids. Yeah, twenties. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. We have a nineteen-year-old son. Yeah. Oh, you guys should have a threesome. <laughs> Maybe an orgy. You should have an orgy with like a bunch of your a bunch of people. You know. Oh my god. Just like once. Yeah, I know. You're so uncomfortable right now. I'll talk to your wife. It's got to be your wife. You can talk idea. to my wife. Yeah, it has to be your wife's idea. Oh my it god. It can't be the guy's idea. It's weird. It's um, the girl's idea. But anyway, yeah. And then a few years later, I wound up getting him into porn. But. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it all happened that's all it <laughs> it should be a documentary about your life yeah i know right maybe like would you do that documentary well that but but if it was a documentary somebody would have to go back and f film mm. other things you know yeah people actually would try i got annoyed you know like a few people really did want to do a documentary um you didn't like it ugh, having these people follow you around all the time yeah. you know a documentary people they don't they don't pay you mm. you know they're never paid and like I just, I remember there was one documentary crew following me around for like a couple weeks. And okay. I was like, I can't. Okay. I was, and, you know, and I was like, guys, you, I'm aware. I don't know. Like, you have to pay me something. Or like, yeah, this is like, yeah, yeah. They always say, oh, you won't even notice we're there, but you notice they're there. Yeah, that's you true. Know? It's like kind of a moment shows. in my life where I was like, you know what? What the Kardashians do, that is work. Everyone says they don't work. I'm like, this Dude. is work. <laughs> what I experienced was on a very small level. I could not handle. And I'm I'm very comfortable in front of the camera. I like being filmed. Yeah. But like in a controlled environment. Like yeah. the camera goes on and off. Like having people there all day, all the time, waiting till you have like you wake up in the an morning. exciting conversation. And like, oh, you know, oh, you're going to get in a fight right now? Or are you having a disagreement with someone? Like, oh, like, you know, it's yeah. so annoying. You the know? glam squad, the morning, everything. All yeah. You can't wear just, sweats and go out in public. Yeah, and, and, and also, you know, that's the thing. I ran like an internet business. A lot of times all day, I'm just like, you know, like a lot of things were happening, but it's like not happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then also, then they were coming to some of my sets and I, you know, people are having sex there. I need like an intimate like environment. I can't just have a bunch of people like a camera and back of a camera. You know what yeah. I mean? And I was just like, eh, enough, you know, whatever. I don't want to do Did it. you so, ever want to quit? No, I really never did. Yeah. You know, I always really. I, you know what? The only time I wanted to quit was after I sold the company and I had my first kind of yeah after i sold the company and i was sort of put in this position where i was 
yeah. directing really stupid porn that I okay. didn't want to direct because mm. it was like sort of micromanaged by someone. Ah. It felt very empty on the inside, you know, yeah. kind of funny. That wasn't me on camera. People always think, oh, it's going to be like on, ca you know, on camera is always fine. Yeah. Um, it was just like a moment where I was like, I'm making shit that I don't care about. The yeah. whole time with Burning Angel was making shit I was really passionate about. Because you were so, writing, you were doing all that. Was yeah, your shit. yeah. And I was like, this is such trash. I don't, I don't care about this anymore. And that was when I first started to think like, maybe I want to do something like outside the industry. But I never, you know, I, I love it. I still, you know, I and for my OnlyFans, I shoot stuff with other people sometimes. Yeah. My husband still shoots stuff with you other people. Enjoy, you still enjoy it? I still know. enjoy it. It's so much fun, you know. Um, I don't know. I, it's, I, I like it. it. I mean, this has been like, I've learned so much about myself. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and I, look, this is entertainment, you know. Like, I think this industry can be great for some people and not so yeah. great for other people. I mean, it's like that with every facet of entertainment. Like some yeah. people are, you know, it, it's competitive. It can be, it can be hard on you. You know, there's a lot of like ups and downs, but never even on my worst day did I ever wish I did something else ever, wow. ever. And I, I mean that, you know, yeah, and, and you can, and you can separate it from work and pleasure. You can do all that. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Um, you know, like I said, running the business, it kind of just felt like you love what you do. It like, I felt like I was working 24 seven, but that wasn't a bad thing. But you know, I learned a lot about sex by having sex on camera. I mean, I was like not a very experienced person Yeah, and, and getting to have sex with all these like professionals at having sex. Like I learned a lot, wow. you know, and it would be cool because I've like learned things on set yeah. and be like, I'm going to use that later. <laughs> <laughs> In real life relationships. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be like, Oh, that's a good one. I'm wow. going to try that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god would you would you ever want to uh be a mom okay so that is something yeah that is the one part of me i'm like did i miss out on not being a mom and now i really i really i kind of do want to be a mom now something i struggle with because i'm 41 i don't know how much time i have left you know i think you're good i think 40 i don't know about you're that. like maybe <laughs> you're like you have a little bit no no no, 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 do, no that's sort of something i i don't i think about i'm like i don't know um Sometimes I'm really grateful that I'm not. And yeah. sometimes I'm sad that I'm not. Okay. You know, I never, ever, ever thought about it because the business really was my, my baby. And yeah. of course, my life was not set up for kids. I mean, there was no. porn in my house 24 7. This yeah. is not, you know, um, it's something, but you know, uh, living in New York City, it's a wacky place, you know, for, but whenever totally. I see. I have so much respect for people who raise their kids in New York. Their kids turn out so fucking cool. Yeah, and they know true. how to use the subway, and they're so like independent, independent, like, diverse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're you were so going to shows and your dad dropped you in the city. Exactly, Same thing. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I have friends that are moms and they raise their kids in the city and they don't move to the suburbs, I have so much respect for them. Yeah, I mean, I know that it's very expensive, and especially in New York. But yeah. you know, it's such a different way of of raising a kid. So. You know, I mean, I guess like everyone, I mean, if I like had just like like billions of dollars, <laughs> you know, and like seven extra bedrooms in New York City yeah. and a nanny and, you know, I don't know. You know, that is something I haven't exactly closed the book on it. Like oh, I'm never going to have a kid. I do actually think if I would really love to adopt a child. That's awesome too, yeah. Um. But, you know, I might have a hard time. They might not really like the, the porn, you know. Mm. Um, a lot of those, and I actually do a lot of those adoption agencies are Christian, mm, you know, I, I because, they, know yeah, I started actually looking into it one day. I'm like, so many adoption agencies are Christian because they're like, say, it's like, it's like, oh, help someone 
you know, like who didn't have an abortion. You know, they're like, they come from this anti-abortion standpoint. Okay, yeah, yeah. But there are, I actually there's have some other agencies. Yeah, there are now, the ones that are um, centered for like LGBTQ yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, Aaron, I, 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 you're, I, you're gonna fuck this up. Like, I can't tell them I have a husband. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go in with a woman. <laughs> and Get a baby. Yeah, I gotta, um, but I, and I know, I maybe, you know what, if maybe one day I'll start looking into it like more yeah. seriously. Um, you know, I do have a friend uh, in in the adult industry, and she she did adopt like three children from oh, um, wow. Vietnam, and they're like in their twenties now. Actually, she, I mean, she's an wow. old porn chick, and and they're fucking she they're fucking awesome. You know, it's like, awesome, awesome kids. And actually, yeah, I have another friend in the industry. She she had a foster kid um, that she was fostering, and then um, she kind of discovered that the baby had like five siblings. You know, and so she wound up adopting all of them oh wow that's pretty and, freaking and they're awesome like one actually big crazy happy family definitely not in new york city you know but that is beautiful some, though it's super beautiful wow. i actually like when she first told me about it and she, you know i remember when the, the process started happening because she had just discovered yeah that, that you know the, the kid had all these like missing you know brothers and sisters that the foster home was you know yeah uh, anyway i i don't know the exact story i don't want to <laughs> misquote her but but i remember she was telling me about it when she was first doing the 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 process of getting the other kids from the family. I, yeah. I like heard about it on set. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I'm like about to fuck this person and she was <laughs> telling me about it on set. And I was like crying. I was like, that's so beautiful. <laughs> that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and she has all five of them. It's like, you know, they were all different ages. Wow. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? We'll see. I'm, I haven't exactly closed that option. Yeah. yeah. Do you have but any I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. You know, but life will be okay whether I do or i don't yeah you're in you a know? good we feel like you're in a good place right now i feel life, like i'm in a good place um, yeah i'm very grateful for liquid death you know like it's such a fun company to work for such a fun brand is this like the first kind of actual job you've had it has wow. my first like job since i worked at that you're you know, not in charge Applebee's. of yeah it's <laughs> applebee's applebee's when i was 19 years that was old, the last yeah. real job was, was applebee's the last real job was wow. applebee's yeah that yeah. is amazing. I mean, then I guess when I was a stripper, but you know, it's different, you know, but yeah. That's I a job. Strip, that's a job, you know, but, but this is like, but my first like corporate wow. job. And with a boss, you have to, With yeah. a boss, you know, kind of funny. Like. It's amazing though. Yeah. I'm like, I remember before the company party, I'm like, oh, this is like, like what you see, like, it, like everything I compare to, I'm like, this is like what you see in the office, like the it's show, a, you know, I'm like, this is like an episode of the office where they go on the, like those team building <laughs> activities. Except there's a half pipe in our office. Yeah, I know. I know. It's fucking awesome. I know. Um, but, um, do you have yeah. any, do you have any major regret, regrets in your life? Oh, I don't, I don't believe in regrets, you know, everything you do like wrong or right, like builds character and, yeah. and, and makes you the person that you are, you know, I love that. Yeah, I don't think I have any regrets. You know, there are definitely things where I could look back on them and be like, I should have done that differently. But yeah. you don't have that insight until you do it wrong. That's you a know? good point. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So true. Do you have yeah. any daily any daily rituals? Daily rituals? Besides drinking liquid death all day? Mm-hmm. Are you a coffee person? I am definitely a coffee person. I need so much coffee. <laughs> like how much? Like how yeah. much a day? I, you know, at least two cups in the morning I'll have and then I'll have like two cups two cu- like another cup later in the day I I drink lots of coffee but yeah I walk my dogs I drink coffee um, <laughs> I saw you ran a mile I did so I Brooklyn. actually so another thing after I sold the company what was very important to me 
Something I didn't get to do at all owning a business was have hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> Things I did that I do not make money off of that are not not work related that are fun, not yeah. that are not like a goal to like you know build up or whatever. Yeah. And so um I did actually go I always wanted to go on like a really big hike, you know, so I wound up doing this like three day hike in Costa Rica. Like, That's awesome. Know, yeah, that was always like a big, a big one for me. But yeah, now, uh, so recently I, a friend of mine in New York, New York has such a great like runners community. So I know I had a bridge fr- runners and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I yeah. had a friend that convinced me to do a half marathon right when I first moved back to New York. My, my sister, actually, she's like my friend, Alex, she's always looking for people to run with. And I, you know, she's like, you work out all the time. She's like, why don't you run with her? And then like literally just like a spur of the moment when I wound up meeting this girl, Alex, you know, you know became my friend. She was like, yeah, run the marathon with me. And I was at a bar kind of drunk. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then she's like, sign up right now because I know that if you don't sign up right now, you're not going to do it. And then, you know, I'm really glad she said that. So literally wow. drunk at a bar, signed I signed up, up and it was like three weeks from then, you know, and I was like. You know, when you're thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I got a while to think about it. Yeah. A few days before, I was like, oh, this this kind of sprung up pretty quickly. <laughs> and I got to say, I loved it. So How I many miles was it that? It was 13. 13, yeah. I fucking, like, I loved it so much. And it was a perfect day. And running in New York is so beautiful. It is beautiful. You know, I saw, like, I actually like, got, like, a little teary-eyed, you know, because I love the city so much. Yeah. And getting to, like run and all these people are outside cheering and like i was just like looking at the williamsburg bridge and looking at like the brooklyn bridge you yeah. kind of like run through all the different neighborhoods and it looks different everywhere it's nice you know we started in williamsburg and then ended like close to prospect park and you, we went through like all these areas seeing all these different cool. things it was so beautiful how'd you do i did okay i did okay you know um i think i uh, you know i've, I've I forget what a couple the, hours. The time. Yeah, yeah, a couple hours. Um, I forget what my exact time was, but yeah. So then That's I awesome. I wound up doing. Now I'm I've been doing a lot of runs. So I did I did the Coney Island 10k. That was really funny. That's cool. Um, where you get to like run up and down the boardwalk in Coney Island. And yeah, then I I did just recently the Brooklyn Mile. And there's another one. There's the Fifth Avenue Mile, which I I'm okay. gonna, I want to do that too. Where it's so funny because the whole race is just a mile. That's it's crazy. just one mile. I like that. It's really funny, <laughs> and you have like every kind of person doing it yeah like every kind of person but i know a lot of people who are actually trying to like qualify for marathons they're just trying to get like like i think to qualify for the for a marathon you have to like get a certain time so i think a lot of people they want to get like the fastest like time for their mile or something like that That so it's kind of cool because it's a mile you have like everyone and anyone doing it you know like from professional runners to just like someone who felt like running a mile, you know, like, like yeah. so the guy that lives on the street and he's like, well, I guess I'll run this mile. <laughs> I'll join know? these guys. Yeah. Um, but that, that was cool. And I was like, all right. And you know, man, people can, there's a lot of, I even got a little cocky for a minute. Cause I really mm. do. I, I do, you know, I guess I work out a pretty yeah, decent say, amount yeah. and they, they separate you by age. So I was mm. in the, I was in the over 40 category <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Because I'm in the over 40 category, I bet I could, I could do really well. Like I can place, maybe I can come in like second or third place or thinking I could, I could actually make a legit (laughs) being cocky. 
man, that race started. I was like, wow, these women are fast, you know, Damn, like the yeah. woman that came in first place. She was like 49 years old. I was wow. like, these bitches can run. <laughs> and now I'm being all cocky. I was like, ah, I got this. You no can do, keep deal. doing it. You can probably do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, wow, these women. I was trying to keep up with the really. I, so <laughs> I've realized now, you know, because now that I've run a few of these races, it happened in the 10K. I managed to be like the slowest person in the fastest group. Mm. So I'm like in the front of the like slower group. Yeah. Not the slowest one, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I'm in the front of the, like, but I'm always at the very end of the fast group. Yeah, so yeah. this too, I was like, because I think it's good for me to like run next to the really fast people and then they run way ahead of me. And then I'm like, <laughs> okay, but I can, I can still see them as long as I can still see them yeah, in the distance. Yeah. I'm doing okay. But I was That's like, it's awesome. only one mile. I'm just going to do this so fast. But a mile is like a little too far to sprint. Oh yeah. You know, like, sure. at, like after like, like, cause they, they should like, there was markings like one quarter, one quarter and on the second quarter. I was like, okay, I cannot sprint a mile. I, you know, <laughs> I wound up, my time was like seven forty something. So cool. yeah, the, so the record, the fastest one, I think she finished in like five Oh two. Jesus. Insane. Yeah. Were you like doing cross country, doing like sports in school or anything? No. Like that? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. Of course we were punks. Yeah, fuck you that. Had, no sports, funny yeah. story about rancid. Mm. Cause you know, they were you know, the band that really kind of got me into punk. I was actually on the track team. And what's been kind of nice about doing these runs, my dad was a runner. He actually ran That's the awesome. Ohio Marathon. And, you know, he did, I, he like placed pretty high in it. Anyway, That's awesome. Yeah, my dad, so my dad was a runner. So he, you know, he wanted me on the track team. And I remember I was on the track team. And our first big important meet was the same night as a Rancid concert. And I had not seen Rancid yet. Ooh. At the Roseland Ballroom, it was Rancid and Rocket from the Crypt. I was at that show, 100%. Of course you were at it that It was Out Come the yeah. Wolves album, probably. Yep, yep, it greatest, was. One of the greatest yep. albums. And um, Wow. And I remember that was like, that was like my choice. I was like, I was like, hey, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not coming to the meet. I, I got to do something that day. And I remember the track show. coach was like, if you don't come to this meet, you can't be on the team. And I said, then I don't want to be on the team. Wow. That was it. You know, that was it was all downhill from there. I hope you're listening, Rancid. That <laughs> yeah, is insane. You're, listening. you're yeah. on the team anymore because you went and saw Rancid the Rose. Yeah, I realized that was more important to me. That's fucking awesome. And you know, man. I think I made the right choice. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that is so crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, I can't miss Rancid. How how much <laughs> are you working out? Because you're in really, you're in great shape. Uh, well, you know, I actually worked out a lot more in L.A. because L.A. is such a workout it culture. Is, it is. But in New York, you're walking all the time. You, do you know go what to I gyms? Mean? You like going to gyms? I do. So I really, I, I go to the gym. Ugh, gyms are kind of douchey. I, like I kind of hate them. I, I, I hated them. It. But you have to go to them in L.A. because there's like nothing else. I do really like like boot camp classes. I heard those, those are, are really great. fun. Yeah. I heard those are awesome. So I do. I did go to Barry's boot camp when I was in L.A. And I, no I go sometimes. It is no joke. Have you ever gone to one? Uh, no, but I heard about you should a go. lot of people. Yeah, It's really fun. One in LA, I like. Where would you be closest to here? It's the one know. I know. Where it is. It's over by in Studio uh, City. There's that's the flagship one. There's one over here by the um this, uh, Hollywood. Oh yeah, yeah, Walk yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, the area. That yeah, one's yeah. really nice. Okay, you should go to that one. You should go. I heard it's a lot intense. Of, a lot of celebrities go to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I used to see in my Barry's boot camp class here. I'd, I'd always see Juliette Lewis there. She was always there. I, that, that's why they want to stay in the pod. But that's the homie who told me about it. Mm. So yeah, shout out to you, Juliet. Oh, that's funny. Oh yeah, yeah she's, she's so awesome. Yeah. She's the she's best. Rad. Yeah, she's the one who told me about that. She goes hard in there too. She was shredded. Yeah, yeah. I would sometimes like run. That next is so her. funny you yeah. said that. It's crazy. Hi. Oh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> if you're out there, I'm a big fan. No, she was on the pod. She's uh, she's yeah. awesome. She's, she's so she's awesome. A real badass. Real badass. Real non Hollywood. Really good. Yeah, my brother was in that band. 
Really? Renee Lewis and Lex, they started together. Oh. Yeah. She's like the most non-Hollywood amazing. I know. Front. No, she's a punk rock, she's a, like she's badass, badass bitch. Man. Yeah. And she's she's very similar to her characters in real life. She's a real legit person. Yeah. And she I, was I in some that. real trailblazing movies. You Dude. know, like. Are you a big movie person? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, a pretty big movie person. Like yeah. seeing movies, yeah. like yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially, I feel <laughs> like in New York, I haven't been going to the movies as much. In LA, I was like at the movies, like yeah, all the time, you know. But uh, yes, I love, I love movies. Is there anybody that you wanted to work with that you never get to work with, like in your category? In porn? Yeah, is there somebody you wanted to work? No, because if I really wanted to work with someone, I would just work with them. Okay, okay. You know, like I could, I would make it happen. I think I worked some... with almost everyone I wanted to work with. Yeah, I think I kind of. Kind of made it through, and that, and and, through you, everyone, and that, in that world, you're you're like you like you did so much, like you know, I it feel it's it's funny because now uh, you know going to the event I was last, at last night, night yeah, so you I know, went like to it's that. like all the young girls are very like you're my so idol, you're the OG. yeah, I'm the OG, you know? wow, I'm, man, I'm the Sam Armstrong of uh, porn, <laughs> you know? um, but there's respect a and lot love of there, girls right? saying like thank you for everything you've done, you wow. really inspire me, you know, it's, it's funny, um, you know, it's it's uh, I. I feel, you know, you're proud I'm of very, everything you've done. I'm very proud of everything. Yeah. And I really like, I, I've, I really like, I, I know that not everybody has the same experience, but I, I felt very well respected in the porn industry and I felt safe in the porn industry. Granted, I'm coming from a different point of view because I ran my own business, you yeah. know, so I, I did not have the same experience as other people where they, you know, they yeah. come to set. And I know that people, some people have bad experiences and I'm not yeah. discounting their experiences. Me personally. It, it benefited me a lot. I really learned about myself. I became a very strong woman. I went from being like a very shy, yeah. meek, you know, person that didn't really know how to express myself. And I really, you know, became... I be, you and know, owning, became this is Joanna who I am. Angel, you know? Yeah, this is who uh, I am. And, I, and through porn, I've been able to do amazing things. I've been able to, you know... Hey, if it wasn't for porn, I wouldn't be right here today with my hero, Toby Moores, <laughs> making you. a TikTok. <laughs> Guys, everyone, when I first got here, I forced Toby to make a TikTok with <laughs> my me. My first so. TikTok. Your first TikTok. So now you have to make an account. I know. And there's no H2O music on TikTok, which sucks. Yeah, I, I, really I brought that. Yeah, I, I made that happen. I basically brought it to Toby's attention. And, and this is and the made CBGB's. him call his record label. I did. And it's the CBGB's <laughs> live the record only, God. which we have nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, two, you have two books out of more. You have The Night I Shift. Two Club books, 42. yeah. So I did. I wrote two books. They're fiction. I know everybody yeah. wants me to write a biography. Choose your own erotic Maybe fantasy. Maybe one day, if you want me to write a biography, you're gonna, you have, to, you're gonna have to pay big money for it. So I'm sure that could happen. You know. I'm sure that could happen. Yeah, one day, one day. My but it's uh, the erotic yet. fantasy one. Is Club Forty Two the newest one? Or Club Forty Two is the newer one. You can yeah. buy it on Amazon. The other one is called Night Shift. Um, yeah. Choose your own adventure erotic novels. People really love them. They're really fun to read. Um, a lot of couples actually read them together. Choose your own adventure. Like you read a chapter. I made I made a sign one from you. Be my wife. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I would one. love that. Okay. I would love that. Yeah, wow, Club Forty Two cool. is the newer one. I'd say buy that one because the newer one's better. You know, um, and yeah, then published two books. Yeah, I've, you know, done, done a lot and, and, of things. For the listeners, sex positive. What does that mean? Break that down. Being sex positive. What does being sex positive mean? It means you is are, it being comfortable with your I sexuality? It, you know, is it, I think it. You have a healthy relationship with sex. It doesn't come. From a dark place, you okay. know, sex is something that that like excites you and and benefits you, and and you are like in charge and of your own sexuality, and your sexuality, you know, kind of opens you up and helps you, as opposed to, you know, I think some people have this like dark relationship with sex, you know, like mm -hmm. like treating it like it's some kind of vice or like an addiction or like, you know, or like like it's like it's a source of, um, yeah, 
pain or yeah. something, you know? Um, so I guess guess that's how I, yeah, I don't know if I've ever been asked to define that. No, so I'm just wondering, yeah, because yeah, pe- people always talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Because you, you, you don't consider yourself a sex addict. That's just, that was your job. Yeah. but it's I, your work. But you enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. You don't enjoy having sex probably having sex with the wrong person or you know mm-hmm. you, should, you should it's supposed to be for fun yeah <laughs> but and, uh, i enjoyed it very much and I, I enjoyed learning about it i enjoyed studying it you mm. know like i think women dissect sex in a certain way that men don't you know what i mean like yeah. women love to like have sex and then talk about it and like and like and like plan what they're going to do next time and like you know where men think more like i think spur of the moment or like women will get together and talk about sex for hours and hours i mean you know there's like a literal tv show about it you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like that is a thing what like women do and i feel like men are just like, like oh yeah i fucked her you know like it's, yeah. a, it's a different thing like women like to really like i don't know i mean at the end of the day people when people are like oh like you're making porn and you're a woman i'm like women are so much more obsessed with sex than men are and I think it makes so much sense. And actually, right now, I mean, when I first got in, there weren't, there were women directing. Yeah. But the majority was men. Now, like all the, there's a lot of women directors. Yeah. You know, like a ton. You know, and actually, like they've they've really like, you know, kind of changed the over. game in they've a sense. Changed the game. I mean, yeah. women. I think women really like look at sex from this point of view, where like mm-hmm. they can, you know. And then it would bother me sometimes because people would be like, oh. Like, do you, you know, people would be like, like, act like there has to be a porn for women. I'm like, you're acting like all women like the same. There's not a porn for men. You yeah. know, why does there have to be a porn for women? And yeah. it is pretty cool because there are a bunch of female directors in porn. And I remember, um, I remember there was one year at the AVN Awards where it was like every single, that was like 90% of the best director category was women. You wow. know, like where it was really starting to turn over. It was actually more female directors than men. Yeah. Um. And every single female really had a very different style of directing. And I feel like every single female, like their style of directing really kind of like emulated the style of sex they like to have. You know, there were yeah. some women that really liked this very pretty, glamorous, you know, soft, romantic, romantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, then there were some that, you know, shot like very hardcore, you know, like filthy. But yeah. I will say from fans, like getting to meet fans and talking to them over the years when I would do signings and yeah. stuff, always, always the girls that would come to meet me wanted the nastiest porn that I ever made, you know, like, cause wow. I, I would always have like a right burning angel made some like straight to the point, Something like hardcore, everybody. like gangbang sex with some of them. But, and then we made like stuff with storylines and yeah. big productions and stuff like that. And it was always the women. I'd be like, the women would always come up to me and be like, when they wanted to buy a DVD and I would bring DVDs with me signing, they'd be like, I want the gangbang porn. I want the gangbang wow. porn. Like, oh, give me the nastiest one you have. And it was always the men that are like, oh, you know, oh, actually, I like the storyline. I like the storyline. Do you give me something with a good story? It was <laughs> not what you would expect. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then for you, is, is there like sex and making love? Two different things. In a sense or no? Because um, some people just have like one night stands. They have sex with somebody. They move on the next day. But then making love or being in a relationship and loving somebody. Yeah. I, I think it's really different, like, I wouldn't even separate it with sex and love. Like, I really do, and I really do, f- for the moment, even if it's just for uh, 30 minutes on camera, I really do fall in love with every single person I work wow. with in that moment. Um, but but it's, it's, interesting. it's a physical love. Physical attraction, yeah. Yeah, it's a physical thing, you yeah. know? And, and uh, I think it's just different when you know someone really well and you're connecting on, like, a mental level. The sex you have is going to be different. Yeah. I just can't. 
really explain it you know well, i guess in, you know it's 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 just different you yeah. know i mean and you can't compare it to a one night stand mm-hmm. you know because a one night stand you have this like adrenaline rush yeah that there's nothing quite quite like i guess you never had a one night stand no i mean i i had to, you know <laughs> actually most one night stands that i can remember were pretty pretty sloppy you okay. know but you do get this rush like oh my god is this gonna happen like you're staring at each other from across the room and you're yeah kinda, and it's kind of you know all the leading you, up to it and all yeah, that yeah you get yeah. this rush and that doesn't happen on set you know you know yeah. what's gonna happen you go into it that day knowing you're gonna get laid the one night stand i feel like 80 percent of the thrill of it is not the sex it's like it's mm. like is this gonna happen is this not gonna yeah. happen am i gonna like Get from this person across the bar, we're gonna be fucking like throwing each other. You know what I mean? Like, and of course, you can wind up having really hot sex, but most of the one night stands I had, it was like the hotness was getting there. Yeah, you know what I mean. The actual yeah. sex was like kind of sloppy and awkward. Yeah, <laughs> not you know that does ha- that does happen a lot. I feel like that's more TV where mm-hmm. every one night stand is just this crime of passion, like yeah, crazy whatever. But. I'm surprised you don't have a sex. I know I had a sex column before for a Spin magazine or something. I did, yeah. Once upon I'm surprised you don't have that. Like, right? Yeah. Well, asking you never Jonah. know. Jonah, yeah, Jonah, right. So I, I actually, Jonah. I occasionally. It's not a sex column. I, I do occasionally write for Loudwire, which I've been having fun with. See, that, um, yeah. Because I feel fun, like you have yeah. so much knowledge. You have so much knowledge. I don't yeah. know, man. About I all have of given it. like a, a lot of panels and talks and stuff like that. But yeah, I do have like, like people, a lot people of people asking for advice and stuff all like that all the time. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's people ask for advice. Like you always get the guy that's like. I really want to get my girlfriend to have a threesome. How do I do it? And I'm just like, <laughs> you're not going to get one. The fact <laughs> that you're, <laughs> you're just not. The fact that you're asking that. Um, so sometimes I would say funny answer. I'd be like, there's a button behind her ear. You just have to push it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you answer your DMs? Are you are you like on social media only answering? Only on OnlyFans. Okay. You got to pay So for you can it. answer questions I on answer, there. I'll answer anything on there. You don't you, fuck with DMs at all. No. Wow. You gotta pay for it. Okay. I respect <laughs> that. So there's a bunch on you never even looked at probably, yeah. Because I'm sure people you no. have like crazy on there. No, no, yeah. They got they can but they they can ask on my OnlyFans mm-hmm. if they send a tip. Yeah. And they, get a, <laughs> and they get a reply. So OnlyFans is uh that's just your name on there, right? That's how people find you. Onlyfans.com slash join angel. You can uh, always talk to me on there. It's cr- there. It's such a <laughs> get, that, and that thing really took off in twenty twenty, I felt like it is. It's a no joke, yeah. It, hundred billion dollar company wow man not you know collectively but yeah yeah, i mean and you know i know that like there's been so many like i feel like the music industry keeps trying to figure out how they they can only fix stuff yeah for music you know know. and they can't do it they can't figure it out you know wow there are some musicians who've been only fans oh been on there yeah i heard there are some there I heard Tiger's on there. It was like huge. Tiger's on there, yeah. It makes a shitload of money. I just yeah. heard, and somebody else was on there too, like another I musician. Know. I saw, yeah. So it's a community sure on there, right? Too, yeah. Well, it's like everybody has their own pages. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's like but you can see who's on there. If you're already on there, you can scroll around. It's right, like, yeah. Well, no, wow. I mean, it's not really set up like that, but you could, I mean, yeah. you can just go to yeah, Tiger's killing so, it. Oh, he's killing me. it, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then one of my last questions, main questions, not really main, but I already know if you're an optimist or pessimist, but you're so positive. I Positive. You've always yeah. been like that. Yeah, but you know, I'm also a realist at okay. the same time. That's what my wife calls herself. She's a realist. Yeah, yeah. I am a realist. Like I think p- people ask me like secrets to success or this or that, and like I never like like I think it's really important for people in general to have very realistic goals, which maybe sounds like very like not 
Instagram friendly advice. Like it's not something yeah. you want to see on a meme because if you shoot for the stars and you can't get to the stars, you're going to get depressed. Yeah. I feel like I really built Burning Angel by being like, uh, okay, we're down here and we want to get up here. And yeah. then we're up here, we can get up here and we can get over here. And like, I always kind of set very realistic goals for myself and the company and I always reach them. And once I got there, I made a new goal and then a new that's goal. Awesome, man. And so I, you know, but I but think. But that's believing, that's, that's also being positive and believing in yourself. Yeah. But sure not believing in yourself so much where you think you can go. That's great true. To, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's great to have goals, but sometimes I learned, especially in entertainment, when people are thinking a little too big. Yeah. And then they don't get there. They, they really get like depressed yeah. and they. You know what I mean? Like I and I've been very happy at every level of your on career. the way, you know? Um I've been I've been happy. I've enjoyed the journey yeah. of getting there. You know, you can't be mad that that other people, you know, that's entertainment. You're going to be around people that are doing better than you. Yeah. Much better than but you. But you believed in yourself and people when nobody I always, did. Yeah, you I really believed in myself and I always just like I loved the brand so much. I was like I know I was just always like I know this is good. I just have yeah. to. I just have to figure out how to tell everyone about it, and they're gonna like it because it's awesome. Yeah, you know. And I really believed in it like so much, and it worked. And it worked. And yeah, you came, you came from the DIY. I came from uh, the DIY. Crazy, you know, man. I never. I there's rumors on the internet. We never got an investor ever. You know, when I sold the business, it was just me and Mitch from day one, and we always split it 50-50. Shout out to Mitch. Yeah, shout out to Mitch. Shout out to Mitch, my <laughs> very best friend, and and he he helps. You know, he's he. He was kind of did all the boring stuff for Burning Angel. So it's yeah. like, you know, the, the unsung hero where you had to do like most of the like books, all the accounting <laughs> and all the all the not fun stuff. Yeah. You know, he really like held it down so I could like just move it forward and he kind of held things down. So um, he's still very helpful with he kind of manages my finances. Oh, and, that's cool. And he's, st you know, still helps out. And we still like, you know, I, I feel like we still like own, you know, some random things together yeah. and we have a lot of finances tied up you know and your, pa your parents are super proud they are actually yeah they're they are yeah, yeah I'm sure. i think sometimes there's been times where my dad like <laughs> i don't know we're like at work or whatever they'd be like oh what are your kids doing he, he would be like i'm i'm joining angel's dad <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah, he's, he's said it before you know that is wow. you know my dad has stuck up for me yeah. My dad has stuck up for me in front of other people. You know, awesome. my dad has stuck up for me in front of other family members. There were there were family members of mine that I'm were mad sure. at my dad for not like disowning me. Wow! In the early days, everybody. I'm you know, sure. It was shocking to everyone. Yeah. It was shocking to everyone, and and they should have been shocked. It would have been weird if the family was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. great. You know, like <laughs> of course they should have been shocked. You no, know, I like know. they had every reason to be uncomfortable. You know, um. And, and other people in the family were like, you're just going to let your daughter, you know, yeah. and then he, he stuck up for me, you know, and my dad has really been there through for me. And I remember it was just a very, you know, a, a, a moment when a lot of my friends in the punk scene and I always considered the punk scene my family when they were turning their back on me and my parents who were supposed to be the lame bad guys. Yeah, they had my back and they were not into porn. They were not proud of it, but they were like loved me. Because you know, and I, man, that's I don't take that for granted. You know, so getting to know so many people, you know, who who have families that didn't, you know, that didn't love them. Yeah, and you came from a loving, awesome, supporting family. I did, yeah. and I'm so grateful yeah. for it. You know, it's one of those things when you're like a loving parent. You're, you're you, you, when you're a kid, you take it for granted. You yeah, know, you take it for 100%. granted. You don't realize it's such a special thing. It's very it sad. I mean, as I grew up, I, you know, so many friends of mine have, you know, have families that 
you know, no if we're love, not great, is, then no yeah, love. And that's like, why would you have a, a child? If, you know, yeah. It's so, you know, well, I really appreciate your journey is incredible. And I'm like, thank you, Toby. I'm sure it's a little bit different than the other guests you've had on the show. Oh, you're, you're my first guest <laughs> in the world. And I'm, I'm honored to have you here. Yeah. But it's great because every one of my guests somehow is connected by this music that we love that yeah. like drew us all together, the outcasts and the weirdos and the misfits. And we're a place where we could feel like ourselves. And that's beautiful that you started your, your company and every, your whole life from that, you know, it's awesome. You know, like, and here you are in my kitchen. And here I am. It's, in cr- it's an incredible journey. I'm just like, you, you built your own em- empire the way you wanted to. And that's, uh, to me, that's so punk rock. Well, thank you. You know, it's, it's you. beautiful. So thank you for being <laughs> here. <laughs> and now and now, and now, and now, and now we're part of the Liquid Death yeah, team now, together now too. We're part of the Liquid Death team. Yeah, it's so cool. Do you work? Do you do you work there full time or are you part time? Uh, I guess I'm everything. You're so everything. I'm I'm an ambassador. You're they an ambassador. I, I, they give me I get money from them. They take yeah. care of me. <laughs> yeah, they, no, they take care of us. They you know what I mean? Take care of us. It's so, our team is just so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they do everything. I guess I'm. You're kind of like a floater. You're I'm like, like the a can fairy. in hand. I get people the stuff in their you hand and. Yeah. Never ask anybody ever to post. People just post. That's one good thing about Liquid Death is that like, I send people stuff. I'm sure you do too. I never say please post. No. People always post because they, they love it and it's, it's cool. so cool looking. And like I love that about it. They don't have to like pl- keep hitting people up. Hey, did you get it. that thing I sent you? Or but like when we get to tell people like when they're like okay. Like, what do you want? Like, we don't want to be on your banner. We don't want to be, we don't want our logo on your flyer. We don't yeah. want shit. We just want the water in people's hands. We want we want people yeah. to go somewhere and be thirsty and drink I our lo- water. You know, like, that's, know. that's all we want. And it's so genius, you know? And we have the the big company meeting, like, once a month, the all, the all hands meeting, you know? Yeah. Hearing, you know, because uh, hearing, like, the... The progress of the company where you get to like you know listen to everyone speak and like we're we're really watching something really amazing grow growing fast it's too, growing man. fast it's so crazy it's everywhere it's fucking everywhere it's it, everywhere i yeah. love the, the super bowl commercial was incredible mm-hmm. um just the random I love stories that. that was such a badass move it was i know and then like just stories of like, people and their kids on the beach or like a like in real like a, a pregnant lady on the beach drinking liquid death and totally staring at oh them. i gave it to you know my sister and and her kids drink it you know she's got she's got two babies and they drink it all the time it's so there's nothing cuter than babies drinking liquid death yeah it just always looks hilarious <laughs> and adorable like yeah. it's fucking awesome we actually i sent them a whole bunch of product and they made like a like a castle in the their living room and like they, the kids like climb to the top it's really oh funny. really yeah, and they're like mommy i'm on top of a mountain and it's really do your family does your family drink liquid death yeah too? i said yeah. to my mom and my dad my parents did not believe me you know like yeah when i first got the job i was like dad i got i have a new job i work i work for a water company and he was like what yeah i, was yeah, like, yeah. I swear i do i that's my job and he was like what are you doing out of nowhere you yeah. know what i mean like completely out of nowhere <laughs> he was like what are you he did not believe me at all like yeah. and then when you see it like yeah and then i was like no i'll send you guys some and then once they sent it he was like what like they were so confused yeah but were you yeah. drinking it before you started working with them yeah i did me too. look me too. i started off as a fan me you too, know i was exactly. buying it at whole foods yep. Um, and you know, and then Jen, she had gotten in touch with me cause we had some, you know, mutual friends. Yeah. She w- sent me, you know, product. Now basically she was, you know, sending me like what we do. Exactly. Part of my job now. She was sending me free product and I was like so stoked. And so I would always post about it. Yeah. I wound up getting the job because I was shooting, which wound up being one of my very last big movies. I okay. was directing a very big movie. Um, I wound up winning movie of the year. Really? What year? 
this year. Oh, like congratulations. Ja- January What's it called? Yeah, it's called Casey, A True Story. It's actually a, the first um, movie that won Movie of the Year at the AVN Awards that starred um, a trans woman. Wow. Yeah, so it was, it was a life story. Dude, I'm glad you just mentioned That's amazing. Yeah, Congrats. Yeah, it's a life story of uh, Casey Kisses. She's a, a trans woman in the porn industry. And she actually, man, you should have her on this show. That's she awesome. She transitioned in a one in like a biker gang in a so i i, I and i basically got her whole life story wow. her, you know her story of like going and so it was a whole biker movie and i like blocked off true story because yeah this at this point you know didn't own it was for the company the company that bought bernie yeah, yeah, called yeah, adult time i did it for them so you know i was using their, their money so but I, got, you I went big time wow I, I was actually i was always that thing where i was like i can't leave porn until i win movie of the year i won a whole bunch of awards never movie of the year and I was like, so I'm was not leaving till I win this. And I was like, okay. So that I did. I won it this year. And that That's was incredible. really perfect because it was right when, you know, Liquid Death Job took it. I was like, yeah. now I can go. <laughs> Congratulations. Anyway, That's amazing. Yeah. But anyway, kind of funny. So it was a biker movie, you know. And at that point, I was always bringing Liquid Death to set because I was still directing movies. Yeah, yeah. I was bringing Liquid Death to set. And then I remember since this was a biker movie, there's all these scenes in bars, you know? And what I always hated is anytime I would shoot a scene in a bar, you would have to, I would have like this just like logo-less beers yeah. that looked corny, yeah. you know what I mean? And so I was like, hey, I asked Jen, because she was my contact at the time, if I could use Liquid Death in the movie. And she's like, you, I can't, I can't like speak for the owner, but I'm sure he'd be cool with it. So she gave me, she gave me Mike's email. Wow. And, she was like, here. And I was like, there is no way he's going to say yes. We're, we're, I'm very used to like the porn industry. Like people outside the industry, they just, they look down on us yeah. so much, especially this brand that's at, in Whole Foods. Yeah. Like they're not going to want anything to do with porn. You know, I was yeah. so used to that happening. Like people would like want us, but not want us. You want to call out, you know, like brands and want something to do yeah. with us, like, like in secret, you know, but never <laughs> like, so I was, I, I asked him, I was like, this guy's never going to write me back, you know? And he wrote me back right away. And he was like, sure, use it in the movies. Like, as long as it doesn't say, like, endorsed by or this. Wow. And that. I'm like, no, it's just going to be, like, in the background, like, kind of, like, in a scene, you know. So cool. Whatever. And then I actually remember I replied to that email after he said, yeah, no no worries. And he even signed the, the logo release form and whatever, wow. which was fu- unheard of. I had, I had had so many people turn me down for stuff like yeah. this like wearing like street brand like street clothing and movies like uh, trying to be like hey can a girl just wear this in a movie no no like cl- brands you would think would be so down with this never were yeah anyway i remember after that email i wrote back and i was like hey by the way uh are you guys hiring <laughs> literally wow. that's how it happened that's amazing because i was getting to the end of those two years yeah, where i yeah, said yeah. i wanted to find something else and he wow. didn't write back for three months and I was like, like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I was like, I fucked it up. No, now no, they're no. not going to like me anymore. <laughs> and he wrote back three months later. And he said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have you. And then I, I actually then had what became my very first in my whole life job interview. It's fucking and amazing. And it was still like COVID yeah. time, so it was on Zoom. But I remember like in the morning being like, should I put on a suit? <laughs> 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 should I? Like, what? <laughs> and also being used to like, it's a very typical porn scenario where there's a job interview and the person can't get the job, so they have to suck someone's dick together. Yeah, it's yeah. like a very, very <laughs> typical porn. And I was like, just kept like laughing in my brain. I'm like, I'm only used to fake job interviews. <laughs> that is fucking amazing. <laughs> so man. I was like, what do I wear? <laughs> and what in my bedroom do I put? Oh my God, man. Imagine going <laughs> anyway. to you like naked, like, what's up? How you yeah, doing? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> so it went good, obviously. That's amazing. Good, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Mike Cesario, man. He's so, a sweetheart, man. So that, and He's he, coaster. You know, and I, it just it really came at the perfect time, and I'm just so grateful. But anyway, it was great. Yeah, I know. It's so cool. It's and so tomorrow cool. is we're going to celebrate his 40th birthday. Yes. 
Yes. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be really exciting. Um, anyway. Well, I'm going yeah. sure, to make sure I get all my notes covered on. That yeah, was fucking I you, amazing. Yeah, I think you got... No, we covered a lot of shit. Jen here? I don't know, Tim. And what, what, real quick, what about music? Do you listen Do you listen to music? <laughs> still, like <laughs> like no, new no, punk no, bands? Yeah, let's see. Or new anything? punk bands. Or I, mean, I still anything. listen to a lot of the same, okay. you know, a lot of the same shit. Wow. Uh, this new, is OG kind of listen to? listen to? Newer punk bands. What new punk bands? What do you pay attention to? I, like? I, I mean, I like that band Turnstile. You know, yeah, you know, let's you know, go. Like they mention that every yeah. podcast. Right? Everyone that's brings so them funny. up. I'm like, I'm like trying there's to think. I, I feel like on the spot. Like, no, that's you know, okay. Like, a, like what newer punk bands? They're so dope, to. though. You know, I, I like, I actually, there's you know, I listen to Rise Against, I guess. Cool. They're, they're not even new anymore, but, you know. Uh, so you still listen to that type of music. I love listening to... Okay, I love the used. You know, Great, their new too. album is so good. Okay, their new album is so good. Well, okay. it's not even that new anymore. It's like two years old. You know. Yeah, they um, um they're killing it. They're back now. Yeah, yeah. I heard it was great a couple weeks ago. Doing they really played good. here. I feel like I've lately been going through like a revival of like my emo phase. Like I've been like re-listening to like a lot of like you know my Warp tour, like Newfound Glory, and you know. Even like I just saw Newfound Glory last week. They killed it. it was I great. fucking yeah. love Newfound Glory. That's amazing. So and I and saw you do. I some listen to punk rock. You know, I listened to as I got older, started listening to more metal. Yeah, you know, I, more, I feel like that's like what grown up punk rock. You, know, you start <laughs> listening to metal. You start, you know, got back into goth stuff and you know whatever. But yeah, the whole spectrum. You know, yeah, kind of depends on on what you're in the what your mood for. is. But I love. I love. You know, I always love punk rock. You know, I know. I saw you did this on what you were going somewhere with a friend, and you were playing CDs or oh my god, your yeah, CD book the in the CD car. CD book, yeah, my good that friend that was awesome. Elena. Yeah, she. It was so funny. She borrowed a friend's car, and, and it, it was an old car. That's cool, because you know, in New York, no one has a car. So yeah. if someone has a car, it's like some. Yeah, wacky she brought you somewhere out of the city to get your hair done or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piercing. Yeah, piercing. We went to I New remember. Jersey to get a piercing. Yes, and you were playing CDs. And I was we were like, playing Yo. CDs in the car. I remember yeah. doing that. Love doing yeah, that. Yeah, and books. all it was. So awesome to just like look through the CD books. What just do you think is a good newer punk band? Memory. I'm trying to think. I mean, of I, lo- I love Turnstile. I like I Scowl. Like Turnstile. You gotta check Scowl? out Scowl. I don't know who Scowl is. What they're really the, cool. Like a girl singer named Cat Moss. Okay. And they're awesome. They're killing it right now. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I know there's a lot of newer punk bands that I do listen to, uh, and I can't even think of what they. It's okay. I mean, you're they not are in the spot. Right I do you know, this to everybody. Right? You're it's just okay. like what? You know? What music do I listen to? No, you listen. Seems you listen to everything though. It's cool. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I started listening to like you know, said as I got older, and once I became a stripper, that's when I really got into metal. You know, cause oh. like, you know, it's really fun. You can't like you can't strip to punk rock. Okay, it's weird. But hip hop, probably hip hop too. Strip. I don't like to dance okay. to hip hop. Okay. Okay. I'm not. There is you. You either only dance to hip. Like, okay. There's two. There's two kinds of strippers. Is a hip hop dancers, and I'm not oh. a hip hop dancer. Okay. I look absolutely ridiculous trying to dance okay. to hip hop. <laughs> I like hip hop, but I don't really like. My husband actually loves hip hop. Um. I like hip hop, but I I never like listen to it like on my own. You know mm. what I mean? If it comes on, you know. So I, yeah. I guess I'm like a hip hop poser. So you have no favorite rapper. I don't really have a favorite rapper. Okay, no, respect, I respect. Yeah. I guess I don't have a favorite rapper. Yeah. Maybe Ludacris. Wow. What? Nobody's ever okay, said this. Pop- okay, no, that's so cute. You know why? Okay, when I so when I moved to LA from New York, I know I keep going to stores. I, you know, I would realize I needed a car, like a nice car, you know, because I actually I had like a shitty like Nissan that I had wound up yeah. driving across the country, and I was like, okay, in LA you need like a nice car. Also, like we were sh- this is when Burning Angel was shooting a lot, and like we we had like a bunch of lights that I had to take to set. Okay. So I need I needed a big car. Yeah. And I remember I bought I bought an Escalade. <laughs> I bought an Escalade. What? When you came 
out here? When I first moved to LA, well, that was, was a couple of years okay. later. Yeah, I wound up buying an Escalade. And when I bought an Escalade, my friend was like, if you drive an Escalade, you have to listen to Ludacris. Because all of this, there's so many amazing. songs about Escalade. So I bought a Ludacris <laughs> CD. And I actually remember that was the only time I would actually like listen to it all the time. And that is fucking Cadillac amazing. Grills, Cadillac Grills. And I was Cadillac like, oh. Grills. Yeah. <laughs> Check out the oil my Cadillac spills. Oh my and God. I would listen to it. And I was like, oh wow, his lyrics are like actually super quirky and funny. You know, he's, yeah. like, he's like a stand-up comic that's like rapping. You know, that like is <laughs> that's the first time everybody's ever seen Ludacris. So I actually really I listened to Ludacris all the time, and it became a thing. In your every Escalade. time in my Escalade, I would go into my Escalade wow. and drive around it with Ludacris, and like that is fucking <laughs> amazing. Funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for being anyway. here. I appreciate you. Thank you, Toby. That was so fun. That Thanks for sharing your so story. That was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, amazing. Let me know when this comes out. Of course. And um, yeah, and you know what? Maybe sometime I'll I'll, I'll tell you who was really uh, jealous. I was coming on was my husband. He really would love to come on your show sometimes. So okay, okay. You can, you can get the small uh, hands. You can you can get the story of what it was like to be <laughs> dragged into porn by Joanna. <laughs> yeah, <so>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye, yeah, everybody. Bye. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now, and I can't stop. I've had laser treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other, and that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swiped the credit card, don't really tell me much, didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting. You have to be patient and it's painful. They ice you up, it's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly gonna get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use TobyH2O and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 removal treatments done. 100 locations. U.S., Canada, and Australia. State-of-the-art peak-away laser technology. Cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do on these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TOBYH2O and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out. Yo, people always ask me what kind of frames I'm rocking. I've been rocking Caddis for a couple years. They make amazing progressive readers, which I wear. Also, they make sunglass readers, anti-glare, anti-smudge coating, anti-scratch, and anti-aging. That's why I look mad young when I wear them. I'm just kidding. Um, but they make amazing frames. Caddis, so stoked to have you guys part of the podcast. You can go to caddislife.com slash Toby10 and get $10 off your first purchase. Stoked. Thank you, Caddis. Welcome to the fam. Yo, yo, Liquid Death. Thank you so much for hydrating all my guests taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love what you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115. 
with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. They have now blessed me with my own code. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst. Stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. <laughs> 